0: Hello, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. No, I was not going to say Cinematic Cast. You shut your mouth. I'm your host, Ben, aka the Marvelous Ziggy. Joining me is the man who, in fact, came in third place at yesterday's Mega Man X4 race, Justin! But I came first place in my wife. Well, I would hope you're the only one, unless you're Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh! I was going to get in there. At some point, and it happened. We're done. We can move on. No, we're talking about what happened. But the memes are hilarious. And joining me, the God of Destruction himself, Tyler. You mean the number one zero, right? Number one zero. Yes, I probably should have kept that. But I'm trying to tie all the things we do in your introduction. So yeah, the de facto nice. winner of yesterday's Mega Man X Four race, where he made me lose my mind and just destroying the general like it was. Going out to get the newspaper on Sunday morning. You didn't believe me, but I did it. It was is insane. It was insane. Congratulations, Gigi Tyler. I'm telling you, practice Thank more. You. Get on Summer Games Done Quick and fucking and do that shit for, cha- for I'd charity. Try playing King of Fighters and beat your ass there. There you go. That's oh, well, that's, that's, that's that's buddy. You watch your fucking mouth. Moving on, uh, <laughs> we are the Charge Shot Games Cast. We are a weekly video game podcast dedicated to the games we've been playing and the news we've been reading. And we've been gone for two weeks now. Oh, we took a week off. So it's, it's it hasn't been two weeks. But we just took a week off because we did Dragon Ball we Evolution. You had to watch Dragon
1: Ball Evolution. That movie
0: sucks. Yes, that's how you can go listen to that right now if you want to hear us. And Justin actually had a good time with it, which, uh, considering it's a terrible movie, that's how it It is a very bad movie. Justin's taste of material. Yes.
2: Bad movies are Yeah, exactly.
0: Fun I, I never said it was good.
2: It's not my taste in movies. It's my taste in being entertained with my friends. You jerk.
0: Says the man who exactly. willingly watched all those Horrible monster movies with Tyler Lesh. That was oh, anyways, also fun with my friends I I want to yeah. hear You talk about the Zelda clone Possibly the best Zelda clone I ever played Recently in Tunic I want to hear you talk about Tunic okay. Tunic sucks no I'm kidding um, I know you can't keep
2: that shit No staircase. I can't uh, So yeah Ben bought me Tunic for my birthday um, And Who's your daddy uh say it. I'm no, I'm not. I don't I don't want to associate you with a man I hate. You know what I mean? Mm.
0: You already associate with me though.
2: <laughs> anyway. Ah. Uh Tunica's really cool. Um it's a it's a quirky little indie Zelda type game that is just hard as balls, also. Um like it it didn't seem terribly difficult at first because you're just going after a bunch of blobs and they they hit kind of hard but like you can take them out and basically a combo it teaches you kind of to mm-hmm. to uh, how to combo um, because you realize like three hits which is you know your to- your combo length is enough to kill them um, but if you hit them three individual times it doesn't I don't think uh, so yeah. Anyway, it it does a really good job at like introducing you to the game mechanics without any dialogue uh, for the most part. Um, some of the ca- some of the mechanics are a little obtuse um, until you find the like in-game manual pages that explain those mechanics, and even then, because there's little to no like actual English text in the game, it can be kind of hard to understand like what those things are. Until you just use them and figure it out, especially some of the. I'm, I'm
0: gonna tell. You, yeah. That's I'm gonna tell you right now. That's the worst design decision they made for this yeah. game.
2: Because there's there's like, plenty of text like, in the game. It's just all some nonsense language.
0: Yeah, which I'm like, okay, that's that's cute, but and if it's like for like signs or like aesthetic, fine. But if you're not gonna tell me how how like what like this, um, I actually just finished this Gate Guardian boss, and I rang the west bell mm-hmm. tower right before we mm-hmm. started. Hey, and, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, um, uh, and, like, I had this blue berry that was with me. I'm like, what the fuck does this do? Oh, it refills my mana. Like, I, I, I wish you would just, yeah. like, I feel like I should have the option to turn that, to make it English or my language versus your cutesy fox language. Yeah.
2: And, I mean, it, it basically just means, like, the first you get of anything, you waste it on figuring out what it does. Uh, Which can be deadly Mm -hmm. if you're, like, you know, throwing a a cute little, like, fox-shaped item and then find out that it's a grenade. (laughs) Um, Right. At your feet. But for the most part, I think it's fun that it doesn't, like, spell everything out for you. Uh, You have to just kind of figure it out through learning or, like I said, finding the the pieces of the in-game manual, um, which includes the map. Um, I really like how they do the map. Because yes. it's it's a it's a cute like hand drawn art style that's just mm-hmm. kind of the overworld map like almost um, like classic Zelda style that you would find in yes. a manual, except it actually has like a little a little fox symbol and like some things yeah some at. things on the map that show you like key locations and stuff, so you always know where you mm-hmm. are and you always kind of know where you're going. Um, and then different pages of the manual will also give you, like, your maps for the different dungeons and things like that. Um, which also, you know, show you your little fox character um, for your current location in on that map. Um, so that yeah. stuff is all done really well. And I like the general presentation of the manual. I just don't like how little English there is on it. Um, it kind of reminds me of The Legend of Zelda uh, Wind Waker where there's, like, the Hillian text in there that's not translated, but then you, like, play a new game plus, and suddenly, like, you know, it's all cipher- deciphered.
1: Or, like, the out Dead primers in Final Fantasy X. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that's true. But that one's more, like, you learn, a, you learn the language throughout the game. This is basically, like, you play through it once, and it's all nonsense. You play through it again, and, like, that's been translated for you. Um, and I kind of wish there was something like that, where, like, you as a character should know this language. Right, So, like, either, you know, have an item, like like the, the all-bed primers, that um, kind of deciphers it, if it's not your language, or just have a toggle, like Ben said. Um, because some people might like that it's, you know, quirky and indecipherable. Other people might want that extra, you know, boost, like accessibility boost. There should be both options there.
0: Especially when you have the challenge of, of of traversal and combat already, I don't need the, the um the, the challenge of like well what does this item do or why I can't like eventually like like what again once you do it once it's very simple, but I feel like just just tell me this is a video yeah. game like um the challenge shouldn't lie in me randomly guessing uh there's actually an achievement if you freeze yourself with one of the ice bombs yeah I, think. I did that by um,
2: accident I think.
0: Same here, I just have, I did that this, uh, about an hour ago, uh, and it's, I gotta, like, freeze yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, why? So the game, obviously that's in their core game design, where they want you to just experiment. Like, I had this coin, right? This random fox coin, and I was fighting the gate guardian boss, and then, like, I um, I did it. I'm like, what the fuck does it do? And I, I died again, and then I went, and it just he just flips the coin. That's it. That's all it does with it. I'm like, why? Time wizard. Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> oh my god. It was weird, but that's that's like a minor drop in yeah. the bucket, honestly. But there's also some moments overall... like,
2: uh, th- so, not to bury the lead here, but it is kind of a Dark Souls type thing where, you know, you are... It's cute Dark Souls. Yeah. You're exploring a map, um, you open up new areas that, like, you know, lead back to other areas to give you shortcuts, and every time you go to this, like, uh, spiritual statue and, and, like, camp at it or whatever, um, it heals you, saves your game, And all the enemies come back. Um, But, you know, because there's shortcuts and stuff, you don't always have to go through the enemies again. Um, Plus, a lot of Mm -hmm. them you can just avoid. Um, But, also, at those shrines, you can apparently, uh, like, offer up certain items that will uh, boost, like, your attack power or your health or, you know, other things. And that is not explained anywhere. Um, It just so happens, um, like, if you are at that statue... And you look into your inventory, those items become selectable, and then if you select it, it has like a question mark and so you don't actually know what you're raising until you use it, and it costs money to use right. it, so it's like you're just yeah. kind of guessing what you're going to be raising based on the you know the money you're and spending
0: do be fair on that um you don't exactly use your money a lot for this game, so f- at least up until that there's point, also a shop you're mostly using. there's a shop that sells firecrackers and that's it and firecrackers well they don't drop a lot of stuff but it's not like ideally i mean like you're not going to have a lot of money because like i spend it on firecrackers because those things are useful Mm -hmm. especially against those alligators but like uh and and at least early on like the level one level twos those are like 150 200 you get that money back quickly so it's not i don't see that as a big deal to... No, like. I'm just saying well, it's is this the out- combination
2: of things where, like, you don't know what you're what it's going to do. And it costs money to do. And, a, you know, a resource, like a, a limited resource. Um, so you spend all of these things just to find out that it was, like, a a magic boost or something that you... Or, you know, something that you might not want as much as, like, health. But you've spent all your money, and you still have this other item that you don't get to raise now, even though you don't know what that one does either. <laughs> so you just kind of have to, like, guess whichever one you want to use. Um, you do eventually yeah. get a manual page, uh, that details each of those things with, like, symbols above them. hmm Um, so again, like, it's all in the in-game manual, but because you kind of unlock that throughout the game, most likely you've figured out the mechanic by the time you'll get the page for it. I didn't. You didn't figure out the mechanic, or you didn't get the page?
0: I didn't, I, I didn't, I got the page, but I didn't figure, I kept wondering, what the fuck is this for? Eh, moving on. Yeah. And then when I got the page, I went,
2: oh! I mean, okay. I figured out, like, right before I got the page. And I'm like, thanks. So useful.
0: <laughs> We've established this. I'm dumb.
2: Fair. Um, but yeah, so for the most part, like, it plays like a mix of Dark Souls and Zelda. Uh, the overworld is definitely a, a combination of both. Uh, the combat's a little simple. Like, it's, you've basically got that three-hit combo. You eventually get a shield to parry. Um, and then you have a dodge what roll. Did you do? Um and obviously some you know you get other items and stuff like we said the the ice bomb the dynamite um
0: well, ice, you get an ice rod as well at some point if you find it do you restore your animality no i mean, you're a, you're <laughs> a fox, so you never lose that's it. true
2: you're always an animal An animal anyway um find your so animality. i I'm guessing there's dungeon items as well uh not just random things you find in the overworld. But I'm just in the... Well, I guess I'm technically in the second dungeon. Because there's the gate guardian. Like, that first boss you fight. And, I mean, I would consider that, like, a dungeon boss. Because you go through a section. He has a health bar. Like, that's a boss to me.
0: Yeah. And, and, it, and then after you beat him, you ring the west bell. And you've already rung the east bell. So, like... I, w- I would say that it didn't feel like a dungeon just because it's open air, like it's it's like all in an open yeah. section, which I was you're
2: kind kinda of cool. going between like overworld and dungeon and uh, like cave sections and that kind of thing. Um, but the second one yeah. is definitely a dungeon. Um, it's like kind of in the sewers.
0: Um, oh, I did that one first before the garden. Oh, really? I didn't know. I I assumed that it led I, at least the path that I well actually that's actually pretty cool. I went, I guess I took another path and I went into the two, into the sewers first. I did that, and that led me to uh, that, the the western part of the of the mm-hmm. map, or for the, to, to take out the gate guardian. That's where it led me there. I just was like, oh, okay, that's what I was supposed to do it. Um, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I assume that. there
2: is some, you know, some options there. Unless I'm thinking of a different enemy and it's not the gate guardian. But, point is, I, I ended last time in the sewers because um, I was, I was just, it was, like, first thing in the morning when I was playing, and I was kind of frustrated. Um, because, like I said, whenever you die or, like, you know, save and and get your health back, all of the enemies come back. Um, and it's got that situation where, like, you know, you have to recover your, like, gold and stuff from your body. So if you die before you get back to your body, that last run is gone. Um, but... I was getting annoyed because it also, like, all of your items and stuff that you use are gone um, when you respawn. So, like, if you have some dynamite, and you use that to, like, cheese through a, a kind of tough uh, enemy room, and then you die, you still don't have that dynamite. So then you have to get through that, that you know, room you cheesed without any help. And that can get really annoying. Um, so
1: what you're saying is... You yeah, get Basically. Good.
2: pretty much but it's just like if they're gonna respawn you like respawn you with your items again like basically make it a checkpoint um because you have to go like the enemies come back so your stuff should come back too that's all i'm saying but yeah there was some annoying enemies in that dungeon uh so i didn't finish the sewers yet um i'm still pretty early on but like i'm enjoying the um the run i've just been kind of Jumping around between a bunch of games, so I haven't gone back to it. But um, it's like I said, it's it's tough. It's one of those you really have to like be focused on. And I thought it was, you know, I didn't play any of the demos or anything like that. I thought it was going to be more of just a kind of a um, Blossom Tales type uh, Zelda clone, whereas it leans a little heavier on the like challenging Dark Souls type uh gameplay with yeah. like Zelda combat mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um not a bad thing at all. It's just like hard games like take a lot longer for me to get through. Um but on a related note, I've also been playing Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, and I'm actually enjoying that game quite yes. a bit. Um I didn't think I would. Like I played that first demo and did not like the combat at all. It felt like slow and chunky And, like, there was, like, input delay. So I was just taking way too much damage before I could even, like, you know, process the counter. Um, I didn't play the second demo because I felt like at that point I didn't care. And then it started getting really good reviews. And, like, talking about the complex uh, job system and, like, all of the battle mechanics in there. And I was like, you know what? This is all actually sounding really cool. Like, I didn't experience any of that in that first demo. Um... So, I just went ahead and bought it and, you know, checked it out. And it's really fun. Like, it's jank. Um, it's, it's jank with a capital jack, but I don't mind that. Like, sometimes it's good to just have a solid seven. Uh, and... It was, uh,
1: co-developed by Team yeah McCoy, right?
2: Yeah, it's Team Ninja, and, and yeah. it's expect jank. Um... So it's got the weird Team Ninja stuff, like, in the, you know, the the edgy dialogue and the overall just ridiculousness of the story and, like, um, cutscene quality. Uh, I don't care about any of the characters so far, because they have no personality. But there's something, I think it's something about it being set in, like, the canon universe of Final Fantasy I. And then, like, each dungeon um, kind of, like thematically ties into other games in the series and also we're just like visually unique from each other uh just something keeps me going in it and like i find the combat just riveting um it's still a tough game but it's one of those where like if you die it's usually your fault because you have all of the skills and like um you know kind of fast control like like tight controls to succeed it's just the enemies also hit hard and fast, so you have to be on your game. Um, it's it's more like... It's more of the kind of, like, Nio, like, almost Devil May Cry style um, combat than, like, the, you know, slow and, and deliberate Dark Souls where you're, like, blocking and parrying more than anything. Um, this is a lot more, like, dodge roll and uh, counter-focused... Um, so you will eat some damage, but you you're kind of just trying to you know zip in, get a few hits, and zip back out um It's very fast, but I like that, and like all of the classic enemies are there uh you might walk into a room and randomly find a toneberry that'll just one shot you with chef's knife um. <laughs> But, like, you always know, like, when a Toneberry or a Cactuar or, you know, something like that pops up, like, it's go time. Like, there's some good treasure, optional treasure in that room. Um, And so it's one of those, like, you know, totally optional combat encounter, but always worth it to beat them. And that's the kind of stuff that's really satisfying. Um, Some of the areas are just kind of, you know, generic. Like, you walk down a hallway and fight enemies as you go, but, like, they look very visually interesting and I like that there's at least some branching paths with like, you know, it's like an optional um, combat encounters with treasure or, uh, you know, you might have to go down one path to find like a switch that opens up um, a shortcut to the area you're supposed to go to because that way it has a locked door, that kind of thing. Um, there's many bosses along the way and the actual like end of mission bosses are very tough. Um, I just finished my third, yeah, third boss, I think. Um, and actually found it a little easier than the other two. Um, maybe I'm just kind of getting the hang of the jobs I have now. Um, but they are very much that like, they are, they are combat challenges. (laughs) Um, like I'll spend maybe half an hour going through the actual level and then 45 minutes just on the boss (laughs) just over and over um cuz they're pretty short missions but i think they know that you're going to need some substantial time on the boss um it's also got that dark souls mechanic where you uh you know you find these like save crystals and um if you touch them it'll save uh uh fill your health you can go into like your your job trees and learn new skills with the experience points you've earned that kind of thing Um, But then it, you know, resets all of the enemies around. Um, Generally, it's not a big deal, because the way they place the save crystals, like, you're not probably going to go back to where you already were. Um, But there are some areas that kind of, like, wrap around into each other. uh, And you might occasionally have to fight, like, refight some enemies, but it's not too bad. I think that's why I like the game, is because, like, it's fairly linear, so that, that Dark Souls threat isn't as bad you don't find yourself backtracking through areas that you've revived too much. Um, at least not the dungeons I've done so far. Uh, it's it's got some a strong selection of main missions and side missions. The side missions are basically like kind of just monster hunting things. They're you know you grind out levels and uh, and sections of your job tree before you move on to the next main mission. Because generally the main mission is too high level to go on to next. So you know. I kind of do the, the trick of main mission, side mission, main mission, side mission. Um, and it's kept me pretty leveled up. Um, because it is mission-based, they kind of are able to control your level. Unless you just grind out a lot in the level itself by, you know, reviving enemies, going back and fighting them again, reviving them again, repeat. Um, but the one issue I really have with the game, aside from just, you know, the general jank um is the inventory system and just the the general menu UI is Oof. pretty bad um Oof. you get so many pieces of equipment just constantly uh it's like they they wanted to make like a, a looter game but didn't know how to balance that so, and there's no like so far at least there's no central town or whatever it's just the mission Uh, Checkpoints on the map So like you get all of this junk That is almost always better than what you have So it's just constantly going in the menu To you know upgrade your your pieces And then the old stuff just sits there Because you can Just Discard it for nothing Um, But so far I haven't found a system to like You know dismantle for resources Or like sell for money Like seemingly there's no need for money In this game um So it all just sits there Jack
1: does not require money All he needs is to <laughs> Yeah. The chaos. Right.
2: Um
1: There should be a counter for uh, The more time it takes for you to get to the final boss The angrier Jack gets with you <laughs> the Player That'd, that'd be, be pretty good
2: It like it passively levels up the berserker class That, that yeah just sounds pretty rad Um But yeah, so I really wish there was a better loot system where like you don't get as much stuff, but it's more balanced um, because there's all the stuff that Jack can wear, which is basically everything you pick up. And then there's a much more limited selection of those things that your party members can wear. So, of course, you know, you start with Jack, you go through both of his jobs because it's a two kind of a like a job and sub job system where you can swap back and forth. And each one can have their own equipment sets. Um, so you go through, kind of like check all the items for just basically best stats, um, best like affinity bonuses for their job, whatever. Um, there's not usually a lot of differences between this stuff. So you're just like, ooh, big number. Um, and you can, there's a button to optimize, but that isn't optimize for your job. It just does like highest level equipment, which isn't always the best stuff. So, like, if, if there was, like, an Optimize for Job button or something like that, I probably wouldn't even care. I would just hit that and go. But it's gotten to the point where I get so much stuff that Optimize isn't always the best choice. So I have to basically, every single time, go through and check all of my equipment. And I feel like it doubles the amount of time I spend in a mission with how much time you spend in menus. Um, but then, like I said, the other party members can't wear everything. So, after you equip Jack, you go through each party member and realize that, like, the few things they can wear, you probably have equipped to Jack. So, you either don't give him the best stuff just because it's the only things your partners can wear, or you just leave them vastly underpowered. Because it's, it's hard to ever remember what they can wear. Um, and each one's different, too. Um, like, I have two party members that just seemingly don't have hats. Like, there's, like, no he- like headwear options for them. Um, hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm still missing one party member, uh, so we'll see if they're any better. But so far, the equipment system is very underwhelming. And it should be really satisfying because, like, the gear looks cool. I mean, it all has, like, a yeah. unique appearance. Which is also kind of annoying. I have
0: Jack looking like a samurai now. Yeah. Or uh, like a uh, like samurai Jack with like the robes mm-hmm. and everything. Oh
2: Yeah, course. I have two like very melee focused jobs, but my best equipment right now is all like white mage affinity. So it's basically like uh, mage like... robes, but all of the stats are better than what I was wearing. So I have them on. And it just kind of feels like it doesn't feel like it fits.
1: Jack, you're a warrior class. Why are you wearing the mage clothes? They make me feel oh, they make
0: me feel good. <laughs> right. Shut up.
2: Um, <laughs> so yeah, I wish it was more of like a Final Fantasy 14 system where it's like you get jobs for your class rather than just like affinity boosts for those jobs. Um which doesn't even really seem to matter that much. Like you get a bonus for having so much affinity towards a job, but in, I right. think unless it's the job you currently have, that bonus doesn't matter I think That's, that's still kind of unclear um, But yeah, I don't know the, I don't even know how you'd fix it But the, the equipment system needs work um,
0: But I really like the game Not to mention that a, pol- a bat in Those bats in those games Have more polygons in it than Kiryu does In the latest Yakuza of the game Wow. Really? Yeah, it's apparently it's very badly optimized. Apparently some people went digging uh into like like a low-rent enemy has more polygons than the main character of like an like a action game like that.
2: I mean, yeah, it's terribly optimized. Like even playing the PS5 version, the jank is unreal sometimes. Um it looks like a PS4 game still, which is funny because I was watching Ben stream it and like the Xbox One version looks noticeably worse so apparently the ps5 version is the best version but it still looks like last gen game um and i get performance stutters and stuff even being in performance mode on ps5 for this yeah. multi-generation game uh, but like i said it's a solid seven and i'm really enjoying my time with it that's all that matters um aside from that i don't want to spend too long on each game um Aside from that, I have been playing an adorable mobile game that I've been talking about. I did a video on um, called Dungeons of Dreadrock. I honestly cannot recommend this game enough. It's basically like a hundred floors of like puzzle action, like dungeon crawling game. Um, but every one is a completely unique little puzzle challenge. Um, some of them seem like it's just a you know kill the enemy and move on thing, but it almost never is. Uh, Combat is actually a very small part of the game, and it usually just exists to get the enemies, like, into position to help with the puzzle. Um, It very much reminds me of Portal in a lot of ways. Um, Like, the first Portal that's kind of more just, you know, structured rooms um, with, like, an overall story between each room. Um, Because you basically are playing this, uh, this girl... Who is going into a dungeon to uh, track down her brother um because in this world um like their firstborn male is sent into this dungeon to like uh to stop the the evil from like hurting the town Some something, something along those lines um i forget the actual like reason they send him in um and so he goes with his sister, and he's like, okay, you stay here, you know, watch, stand guard, I'll be back soon. Um, and she waits, he never comes out, she's like, I'm worried about him, I'm gonna go. Um, so she goes in, women aren't supposed to be allowed in this dungeon. Um, she goes in, starts kind of going down, tracking him, um, ends up at like a, like a uh, after a few puzzle rooms, ends up at a fire pit, um, falls asleep, and has a dream of like what's happening outside the dungeon. Um like the the gods are like uh giving her visions of like, you know, what's really happening. And I don't want to spoil it because it's actually a pretty dope story. Um but basically the um the the onus for why they send people into this dungeon is uh not what they say it is (laughs) uh and so she spends the rest of the the game you know going through all these floors to find and rescue her brother and um stop the real evil that's happening inside the dungeon um and it's one of those like it's kind of hard to explain because it doesn't sound like much uh it's basically this girl on like kind of a you know grid room um with a knife and whatever things she can find in each room so like you might pick up a rock and throw it to like you know land on a switch uh so the switch stays down um there's like some teleporter pads that will like you know jump between different parts of the room and you have to figure out how to use those and like you know some kind of projectile maybe um to reach an out of out of place switch that kind of thing but the way the puzzles actually play out like is really clever Ninety percent of the time, uh, there's there's some stinker rooms in there, but there's also a pretty generous hint system in the game. So if it's just like a totally obtuse room that makes no sense, uh, you can probably just hit the hints and like, oh, okay, it'll it'll tell you exactly what to do. Um, but my favorite thing is that some of the puzzles actually span multiple rooms. So like every room essentially is a floor of the dungeon. Um, so you do the room. You, you know, go through the exit, it kind of takes you down some stairs, it shows the title and, like, the kind of a hint name of the next floor, and then you go into that room and do the next puzzle. But some of these puzzles make no sense on their own. You have to take something from the previous room and apply it to that one. Or, you know, vice versa. You have to, like, I remember one specifically where um, there's just, like, four pressure plates that are, uh, that are, um doing, like, they're they're managing trap doors. And basically all you have to do is hit a pressure plate that, you know, closes all the trap doors, and then you walk across and go down. It's like, oh, that was deceptively easy. But then you get down to the next floor, and there's four more pressure plates there uh, with, like, one enemy, and that's it. And you can't, um... Like, you can't do anything unless all four pressure plates are pressed down at the same time. So, you have to go back upstairs and drop something down the trap doors when they're still open. Um, to land on the pressure plates underneath the, the holes. Uh, to, you know, activate all four of them at the same time and get out. And obviously, it's more complicated than that. Uh, there's a Shovel Knight reference thrown in there to make it all really good. Um...
0: Hersters, the I know, he really is.
2: Uh, but the, the basic idea is, like, you know, these, these puzzles, like, bend the, the reality in ways that, like, sometimes you might have to jump between floors. Sometimes, like, if you don't do something right on one floor, you have to redo that puzzle in order to, you know, fix the puzzle that you're stuck on below it. Like, that kind of thing. It's really good, and it's actually it's super cheap on mobile and uh, Steam. Um, so I really I recommend checking it out. Um, at this point, it's honestly it's probably going to be the first mobile game to make it like onto my game of the year. Like I really liked it.
0: That's a bald claim. I know.
2: Um,
0: it's high price,
2: but uh, aside from that, um, we all played some Mega Man X Four. I'm I don't I'm not going to talk about that right now. Um, I'm sure it'll come up. But I want to talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Uh, There's plenty of other things I've talked about, but or that I've played, I mean. um, But I want to talk about Kirby. Um, Also, yes. I'm kind of... uh, I'm I'm taking it a little slow, because I'm trying to save Switch games for my trip to Scotland in May. Um, Oh, by the way, y'all, I'm going to Scotland in May. Uh, And so... I'm just kind of, like, dabbling in the levels. Um, but it's really good. Like, it... Ah, it feels like Mario 3D World, but honestly, Kirby fits this, like, kind of level-based, like, 3D sandbox thing even better. The only issue I have is, like, his his float jump is kind of neutered. Because most of the levels kind of, like, are are, you know, overhead view in a way. Like like three quarters overhead and so he can float not indefinitely but for a while but generally it's only so high and so you still like it feels goofy like as kirby to like have to take a ladder up to a you know higher area when you've never really had to do that before um
1: i imagine it's slow as balls too his
2: flying yeah
1: yeah like when you're going yeah. forward or something. Yeah, they did. Like,
2: they drastically um, lowered his flying speed to kind of, uh, I think, encourage you to spend more time, like, running and jumping, like, doing actual platforming. Um, and then also, it's.
1: Oh, you want to clear the level really quickly? Well, fuck you. You're playing the game right. like we
2: want. <coughs> um, and, I mean, there's plenty of times when, like, having a float ability still. Like, it's not like they, you know, stopped making it Kirby. Um, this isn't Kirby's Epic Yarn or anything. Um, but that should have been a Yoshi game. Um, but it's just you can tell they had to make some concessions to put him into 3D, which they do with every character. Um, but because this is the first time, it's like it's taking a little getting used to. Uh, but the levels feel really good. Um, they kind of range from more like open sand sandboxes um, to kind of strange like more linear maze type things like actually i really didn't like the mall level in the first world um that one's kind of strange but the powers feel really good um they're they've they've dumbed him down a little bit to where like they're kind of back to like kirby's adventure style where each thing you know can do one or two things um so like sword obviously it can you know it can do a, a slash combo, and if you, like, jump and hit the move, it'll do, like, a like a spin. Like, an air spin. Um, and then you can hold the button to do, like, a ground spin. Um, but then, like, Cutter is pretty much just... It throws a, a blade forward and comes back to you. Um, they got rid of a lot of, like, the auxiliary abilities that a lot of these things could do, like, in the 3DS era, for example. Um, but I think that's for the best... You almost have to do that in a 3D space. Um, And I think the way that a lot of them work is really good. Um, The Mouthful mode is just a joy. Um, Despite it being kind of creepy to think about. Like Kirby just stretching for like maximum vor ability. Um,
1: I'm just waiting for him to consume the Megazord.
2: I hope there's, like, a robot fight. I mean, there's a meme for that, right? I mean, he just eats a robot, and then it, like, the level, like, zooms out, and you have a, a crazy, like, mech battle That's Mouthful Mech.
1: Just turn into a No More Heroes 2 battle. Basically.
2: Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the Mouthful Mode things aren't all created equal. Um, like, you know, Carby is great. We all love Carby. Um... I, I thought the, the stair Kirby was really fun as an idea because like it can attack by just kind of like collapsing the stairs to the side um, but you can also like you're literally moving the stairs so you can use it for platforming functions also but then there's a few that just basically you become the thing and then like wiggle it until it breaks and that's just okay um
1: so what you're saying is this is Geist 2.0. In some
2: ways. I mean, the mouthful mode, kind of, yeah. Uh, but the game is very good. Like, it's one of those I haven't played enough of it to really, like, judge the level design and stuff. Uh, but what I can judge are the, um, what are they called? the little The little, like, side areas. the The, like, power challenges, you know? Ben's not listening to me. Um
0: I'm tearing What you talk that's rude. I can leave. I asked you a question you didn't respond. I was giving you time to remorse. Ask it again.
2: Please. See, he wasn't listening. Um the the power challenge rooms, whatever those are called that you can find. Okay. What are they called?
0: I don't know. Power challenge rooms. There's a special Kirby name. The challenge rooms. Okay, That's whatever.
2: It. Point is, they are little, like, uh, challenge stars that are just, like, tests of Kirby's different abilities. Um, they're really clever, little bite-sized levels um, where, like, you're forced into one thing, whether it's a, you know, copy ability or a mouthful uh, transformation. And they're, like, some of the most clever puzzles or you know challenges i should say in the game um because a lot of times like you don't really need the power-ups unless like there's a you know thing to cut or a a, a wick to light um with the fire ability that kind of thing um i usually have a power just because i mean it's a kirby game like why wouldn't you have a power at all times um
0: unless it's well the first yeah game.
2: that's true uh or the dreamland games just the first one or cam
0: or, cam- no, Dreamland, you don't, um, not conventionally. At least. No,
2: just the first Dreamland. Two and three still have still powers.
0: Rainbow Curse.
2: Uh, that had powers. They just work differently. Yeah, Squeak yeah it's just Dr- Shut up, move it's on. It's just Dreamland 1. <laughs> That's the only one. Um, I know, because I own that one. You can also beat it in, like, ten I minutes as men. a kid. Owned these nuts. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're really good, is the point. Um, each one of them, actually, like, some of them taught me things that the abilities could do that I didn't know. Like, there's one with the ice ability, um, where you basically have to, like, turn into an ice cube and slide down ramps. And I didn't know that was a thing with that ability. I was just using it to, like, you freeze everything. I um, but if you, like, tap, 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 tap the button, you kind of, like, just slide on yourself and then you can, you know, roll down hills and stuff. Um,
0: yeah, and in, in older games it would be you just run and then you attack and then he'll just do it. Here you have to mash for it. Yeah.
2: Well, that's what, like that's the thing. It's like I just... All of these abilities have been made so simple. I just didn't know that there was another thing you could do with that one. Um, but yeah, so it's been really cool. And they all have, like, uh, time challenges which don't seem to really have, like, an effect on completion or anything. Um, I think they just give you a coin bonus, but that's fine. Um, and then of course there's the, the main town, the Waddle Dee town that you're basically trying to revitalize by capturing all the, or rescuing <laughs> all the Waddle Dees, um, and then enslaving them in their own village. Um, and that unlocks different things as you go through the game. So like you can, <laughs> they're Waddle de-tained. Waddle de-tained. Nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can like spend coins to uh, upgrade different um, copy abilities to more powerful versions, but you also have to have the blueprints for those things, and I don't know how you get those. Um...
0: You find them in levels, okay? They're like you gotta you gotta you gotta find the secret path. I know because uh, I found one this morning when I was playing a level. You just gotta find. Gotcha.
2: Because I had two, didn't notice that
0: I got them. <laughs> I think they were freebies, like, they give you to them, like, the shop guy gives them to you, I think, and then, like, from then on out, you have to find them in the levels. Gotcha. So, go look for them. Yeah, but, I mean, Usually it's,
2: ultimately, it's a Kirby game, like, it's pretty easy, but I like that the challenge comes from, like, 100% completing the levels, because there's a lot of, like, hidden waddle and other, like, secret uh, challenges in each level. It kind of reminds me of, like, meet,
0: greet the duck, greet the swan. Three times. Yeah,
2: it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, Tony Hawk, where, you know, you're, you're trying to get the optional, or the, you know, the extra challenges in each level. Like, that's kind of the goal. It's not just about, like, skating good in a level. There's, like, other things you're trying to do throughout um, that get you, you know... Like playing skateboard yeah. tennis. Um, so that was a pleasant surprise, because I don't think they had those challenges in the demo. I think it was just, like, complete the level. Um... At least I don't remember them. But yeah. Uh, that is all I'm going to talk about. Um, I seed my time.
1: Alright. So I am going to uh, start by saying I played a bit more Fire Emblem Three Houses in the past couple of weeks. Making a tiny bit of progress because the latter half of the game is pretty hard. Especially if you're playing on hard mode like I am, uh, I am taking very special care to not have any of my units fucking die from like a crit uh, black mage attack or like any ar- stray archers going for any of my uh, wyvern riders, and which is comprised most of mostly of my party. Sedith is probably the MVP of this entire set. I never would have imagined I would ever like this character. Because he's the type, the type of guy... Like, he begins begin the game, he's like, Oh, you're an outsider, blah blah blah. And you figure he'd be, like, the type of guy <sighs> that would be, like, a gigantic stick in the mud. But, no. Not at all. Uh, he actually has a whole bunch of incredible words of wisdom. And when you uh, have him in the, uh, the... The Saros run, as I like to call it, where you pretty much just uh, join the Black Eagles and saying no to Edelgard uh, right before uh, the time skip happens. He becomes your de facto commanding general, in a sense. And he is super busted. That's all I'm going to say on that. But aside from that, the big main game that I've been playing for like the past week or so is Mega Man X4, because we had a race yesterday at the time of this recording of We live-streamed it on uh, Ben's channel. I was honestly really hesitant at first uh, getting into Mega Man X4 because I've had very little experience with it compared to the other two PS1 games, uh, X5 being the one I've had the most experience with since that was the game I started with. And um, in my first playthrough, which we started right after the recording for the previous GameCast episode... I suck balls. Like, it took me, like, three hours to get to the end of the game, and there were so many mistakes made. But after training for about a solid week, I honestly got the game down pat, and uh, I actually learned a few new tricks about the game that I didn't know about previously. Like, for one thing, uh, one of the top spikes in uh, Storm Owl stage, I did not know this for the longest time, but... One of the spikes in there doesn't have a hurt box, so you can just fucking wall jump off of it and you'll be fine. And, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Also, you can pretty much just break every mini-boss in half with the Shoryuken move that you get from Magma Dragoon. We're playing a 0, by the way, uh, because fuck X in this game. Getting all of his armor pieces in this game is a real pain in the ass. But... Yeah, uh, playing a Zero in X4 is super fun. Unlike uh, X or any of the other Mega Men in the series, he doesn't really have a copy ability, but instead he has a learning mechanic where whenever he defeats Mavericks, he gets a new movement for his arsenal. Like when he beats uh, Split Mushroom, for example, not only does it give you a spinning slash, which covers a wider area of effect... But it also gives you the double jump, which is really helpful for tougher platforming sections like in uh, Cyber Peacock stage, for example. Um, what else was there? Uh, yeah, i gotten pretty good at the—, at the, at the uh, blah, 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 I can't talk today. Yeah, so my initial three-hour time was significantly cut to about an hour-ish. Like, my final time for the actual race was about an hour ten. And um, I think that's pretty good improvement for, like, an entire week's training. It was less than that. I think and, we, um,
2: the, the actual stream time was at, like, at least as far as Twitch is concerned, um, was at, like, an hour and eight minutes uh, when you hit credits. And that was including, like, our, you know, our vamping in the beginning. So it was probably just over an hour. Oh, yeah.
1: I'll have to retime it just to be safe. Um, but yeah, a massive improvement. I honestly had little hope going into this. I figured that Ben was going to mop the floor with me, but his quote-unquote words of encouragement uh, motivated me, voted me just enough that I was able to clutch out a win. Marvel Ziggy. Very narrowly, by the way. Marvel Ziggy,
0: professional shit-talker, how you doing?
2: <laughs> it wasn't that narrow, <laughs> by Actually, the way. on
1: you your business card. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm just being facetious.
0: Um, He knows I'm going to get revenge for him in a month when we play King of Fighters. So he knows that. To to put it into perspective, um,
2: Ty was on the the final boss rush before Sigma um, when me and Ben were finishing up the Robot Masters.
1: Yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, I didn't think I'd be that far ahead because we... We pretty much went, were on the same path, more or mm-hmm. less, in the beginning. Like, we beat the uh, intro stage at around the same time-ish. Uh, we got. We all uh, chose Magma Dragoon stage first, because I assume we all agree that it's ideal at zero just to get that power yeah. up in the very beginning. Plus it's
2: an easy one to get first, because of the right armor.
1: Yeah, and from there are... Our paths diverge significantly. Like, I like to go for Split Mushroom afterwards. I think Ben went for Web Spider I went for Web Spider next. next. No.
0: And, uh, I went for fo- okay, Frost Waller yeah. uh, next.
2: Which is what oh, I okay. usually do, but I mix it up. I usually
1: save him for last. Gotcha. Yeah. And because... And because I like to play things a bit more precariously, I do like to save Frost Wallers for last. Because A... It's easier to get the uh, EX tank uh, with the double jump. And B, I knew I wasn't going to get a game over, unless I was playing uh, Jet Stingray stage, which is still a really hard level, even though I practiced it to hell and back. Like, to put it in perspective, when I started training, it took me about half a dozen tries, or probably more than that, uh, just to get all the items in that stage. Which is both the hard tank and the sub-tank. And you have to know exactly where they are, and your timing has to be almost frame-perfect in order to get that shit. Otherwise, you just instantly die from, like, clipping a wall or something. So yeah, I died a lot during practice, but... uh, During some of my other runs, it wasn't perfect in the race, obviously. Because, you know, live-streaming curse or whatever. Um... I actually had a few runs where I didn't die at all, and I got the items in my first try. So that was a new experience, and I felt pretty good. Uh, and it was really fun, um, actually doing like a three-way race between <laughs> you, d- you dudes in um, in a live stream setting like this. And I can't wait to see uh, us do it uh, more in the future. Aside from that. The only other game I played is a little bit of King of Fighters 15, because the Team Garo DLC uh, just shadow dropped last week. Out of nowhere. And, uh, yep, we got ourselves a Rock Howard, a Bijanay, and a Gato, and from what I've seen on Twitch Clips and uh, tw- and on Twitter, they are busted as shit. Uh, specifically Gato, who is stupid dumb from uh, from what I've seen. Like, his combo game is busted. Like, and it's always been that way. Ever since Gauro and, and even his uh, last appearance in King of Fighters 11, where it's disgusting. You have to see it for yourself. I can't do it justice by explaining it. You just have to take my word for it that Gato is busted. Will he and use he it against me when we play next month? Find
0: out in one month.
1: And you'll see. You'll see. I personally can't get behind him, uh, because his buttons are a bit too weird for my taste. Um, the main dude that I've been focusing on, uh, for this DLC is Rock, of course, and they actually made him good in this game. Like, he can actually be a competent, um, uh, point character. No, not point character, like the last guy. Oh, your anchor. Like, he... Yeah, an anchor. Yeah, thanks. Um, he could give Terry a run for his money if you know what you're doing. Um, yeah, he's got a good counter, uh, though I can't really time it well enough. Um, he can uh, cancel from his uh, command normals, and he's he's actually really fun. Like, he's a bit too complicated for me at the moment, because, you know, Terry player, unga bunga brain. <laughs> But once you get down to the intricacies of how Rock works, yeah, he could be pretty fun to play with. I haven't messed around with Bijanay yet, but she does look cool, and I'll definitely give her a shot in the future. Otherwise, that's pretty much all I got.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, I can't believe they forgot that it, that I dropped already. Let me hop on back down. I need to uh hop back on KO so I ensure a swift 10-0 victory in our KOF match in a month from now. Yeah, okay. I'll Make sure that
1: doesn't happen. Um,
0: you didn't get 10-0 in Mortal Kombat, you won't hear. True. You got you you you, you uh what, what it what did Thanos say? All that for a Drop of Blood. That's just going to be like for King of Fighters, baby. Um, as for me, since uh, Tyler or uh, Justin talked about Tunic and Kirby, I will refrain from talking about those. Other than that, I'm enjoying both of them for very different reasons. So I'll talk about two games that I really also am enjoying. Number one is a game, indie game that showed up on Game Pass called Young Souls, which is a uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up game that it basically totes it as being a serious story. He plays these two young orphan kids who are um, in the charge. Uh, or their, their ward is a uh, scientist. And he's pretty much opened a portal to a, another dimension filled with uh, orcs and elves and demonic creatures and shit like that. And he's seemingly captured and kidnapped. And in one scene, you can hear him being tortured. It's pretty bad. And so pretty much the kids take it upon themselves to rush in. And to pretty much rescue him, and it's pretty much a side-scrolling beat beat em up. Uh, you don't punch. You have weapons. It has up. It has like RPG elements. So you have up, you have equipment. You have upgradable stuff. You have upgradable skills. Uh, different weapons of different things. You also have a parry. You have parries, um, and it's pretty much a a like um, uh, like like beat 'em up mixed with dungeon crawler. So each sort of dungeon you go to. Uh, uh, so far, I'm in the first one. Um, certain points, you'll have to go to certain points, and then you can basically back out, go get, like, upgrade your equipment, because you can upgrade your equipment at this goblin, at this place where, like, these goblins that are basically seeking sanctuary at your, your home dimension are, so you can upgrade weapons, you can upgrade armor, and stuff like that, and overall, it's, it's just, it's been real, it's a lot of fun, especially parrying, because there's, like, a big pink flash that goes on when you do it, and it's never not satisfying to do. Um, i i really enjoy it uh it's definitely meant to be played with two player i'm i kind of i kind of hate that it's not online two player it's local only which i'm like i guess they didn't have the budget in for that um and of course if you have like if this is on steam you can just do um uh the the, the cloud gaming option i can't forget i keep forgetting what steam calls R- remote it, play but, together um, remote play thank you Uh, but, like, as, if you're playing the single player, you can actually basically play two characters, but not at once, so at any point in time... You can switch out with the with the uh, left bumper button and for you'll be playing as a girl in one seat in one section, if they're getting low on health, you can play as the boy and you can have them equip different equipment. So basically he's like, Oh, okay, in this situation I'll use it for this and this. It's it's been really fun so far. I didn't play it today because tunic kinda hooked me into my into my uh, gaming session longer than I thought I'd be. Then I had to watch the a critically acclaimed winning time on HPL Max. Subscribe now, please. We're not sponsored by HBO, but it's a damn good show. You should go watch it. Um, it's it's a it's a, it's something that I had seen and I didn't know what to expect from it, but I'm really enjoying it so far, and I want to keep playing more to it. Especially since it's pretty much like at, after you unlock a checkpoint, you can just go back and then you can just go to that go back to there again. It's it's very accessible. It's hard. Um, The game recommends you playing it on, uh, I think it's called, like, uh, action adventure difficulty or something like that, which is pretty much, if you're familiar with beat-em-ups, you'll play that one, otherwise it might be too easy. But it uh, it touts itself as being a compelling story, so maybe you just want to play the story and see where this goes, playing on, on, on story mode, in which case you'll have a much easier time, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Astro Trino's strategy, uh, that's still going, even though Kirby and everything else is coming out, I'm doing my best to make it. I'm about halfway through the game now, and I am enthralled by this game's narrative. I'm enthralled by its combat, and initially I had said that I kind of wish there was more battle scenarios. Having done the last three battles I've done, I'm glad there's not as many, because these fights are becoming exhausting um, mentally. Uh, so the la- the last one I did was on uh, last Wednesday when I actually got to get my haircut, um, and uh, I was like, I'll just play this. And I've been pretty much steamrolling fights for the most part. Like nothing's been too terribly hard. Maybe I lose a couple units every now and then. But this instance, uh, you are you have a choice. Do you go with this? Uh, so as I said before, Glenbrook has fallen. The king has been has has been beheaded. Um, and the prom prince is dead, and so that's just so you're pretty much on the run, and I, you held off the invading army from taking over your your town, but now you you have two other high houses of Glenbrook that are staying with you. You have, you have Telior, which if you watch the side missions or the sides the, the the side stories, he is a scheming bastard that is looking to sell your ass out, and then you have the Faulkner, I believe that's what they're called. To like the south of you, and they're the prideful that we will defend the kingdom no matter what, and you have a choice. Do and so tellier comes up to you and he's like, "Let's make an alliance because together we are stronger." And we know he's full of shit. They know he's full of shit. So I'm thinking, if you have a choice, and, and like you, you have to convince, you have to ask your your uh, your team. Uh, your units. I'm like, do we want to go here? Do we want to go there? And I decided it'd be much more fun to go to House Tellyar and basically deliver the the this ass kicking this guy deserves. So that he basically throws a party where he's uh, Tellyar is known for his uh, wine, and they basically get fake drunk and they proceed to try to uh, tellior's body. His own army tries to jump your team. Uh, to proceed, that doesn't happen. However, that led me into the most difficult map I've placed. So I'm going to use my hands. So the map is 4x4, four four, you know, sort of stuff like that. You are, Your army is pretty much split into groups. So normally in the past, you've kind of been together, and you you kind of start at the same place, uh, or like maybe on the opposite end, but you are generally been together. This is the first time you're split apart. So um, two units are placed to the northeast. Then you have... Um, Uh, uh, Sarah Noah and um, the, the the new crown prince of Glenbrook right next to you. If he dies, map over. Then you have to the south, you have two other units, but they're separated by a cliff. So you're spread out, and you're outnumbered at least five to one. And I tried doing this mission multiple times, and I died, and I died, and I died because... Uh, I wasn't leveled enough. So what did I do? I did the thing that Ben hates to do. I grinded and I didn't necessarily grind for levels. I grinded for money and I grinded for materials. so like I was able to buff some characters just to give a little bit of extra defense. I upgraded some cl- I upgraded some things. and with that, uh, then it came left to okay, so leveling is only one part of it. Then came to the strategy part of the game. So as I stated, uh, on the on the northeast side, uh, like I said, there's two units there, and in and the Crown Prince are next to you. I no matter where you go, you're gonna be taking an enemy's gonna come after you. If you go south, enemy right there. You go east, enemy right there. At some point, so my goal, I noticed behind this house in the northeast part of the map, there is stairs. There are stairs right there. So my goal was to get my troops on the east side of the map down and around so they can meet my units. Out on the southern part of the map, which had my archer, my healer, and then I had this shield uh, unit who can like basically slam you, slam enemies into walls. And uh, in the meantime, you have this boss character who's like this barbarian dude who's uh, uh, Teliar's bodyguard, and he's gonna come charging after the crown prince no matter what. Unless you move your southern units to the to, too close to him, then he'll target them. So pretty much it became it became a cat and mouse. I'm like, okay, I'm outnumbered. I gotta play smart. I got to play hit and run, and that's pretty much what I did. It was guerrilla tactics. It was so fucking sick. I almost lost. I lost some units, but losing units in, in this game is terrible. But it's not the end all be all like a fire emblem game to me. Um, the only units that kind of suffered a lot of loss was the units to, like this like to the south um, southeast, the ones that are elevated cliff. But I really only lost one. They were able to survive just enough <coughs> um, to to go on. I made a mistake because I didn't buy enough items. Because you get an apoc, I got an apocryther character, and the apocryther character can use two items at once. And I didn't have enough items to basically use her ability. The battle would have been much easier on me, and at it, least on that side of the field, if I had used her to the best ability. I did not do that. Even besides that, I was able to loop his ass around, get it, get her in range of my archer. The archer can both blind enemies and immobilize them, depending on the chance. And once I did that, I took out his monks that healed people. Once I did that, it was game over. I ganged up on him constantly back and forward attack, because if you attack if one care if an enemy's in the middle and the two characters in the end, you do you basically do a follow-up attack every single time. And you do double damage if you're hitting from the back. Once I did that, you know, I kept pulling um, the crown prince away. He would occasionally come in, do some damage. Move out, move in, move out, move in, move out. That was my whole strategy. Keep him alive. Everybody else is a sacrificial <laughs> pawn. Keep him alive because he's the only one that matters in this map. It didn't matter though. I didn't even need to worry about it that much. The shield and then my my best moment is I made a mistake. Uh, he was about to die. The crown prince was about to die. My shield unit comes up. He had just enough technical points. To go up to the barbarian and use his ram technique to shove him just far enough out of the map, he could not touch. He could not touch him, allowing the praline prince to get away and allowing my healer to heal him to full health. It was fucking like that was the closest. Like I can't believe that worked. Um, this game is just so good.
1: It's it's that's the equivalent of pushing a guy out of a bullet
0: little bit, yeah. It's it's just, like, I love it. And a lot of... Again, I think you're enjoying... I've said this before. You're enjoying this game of how much you're going to enjoy the narrative. And now seeing the path that I'm on and, like, I kind of... I didn't look up, but I kind of, like... I want to know... I want to do another playthrough of this to see, well, what if I go here this time? Or what if I go to make the... Like, I think that's cool. I think that, like... I wonder how much the narrative changes, and I think that's the fun part. Maybe it doesn't change that much at all. Don't tell me if it doesn't. But just that little thing inside of my head is just making me want, uh, making me think uh, curious things. Uh, unfortunately, because I did go to Tellior and kick his ass, um, the Faulkner line, uh, they are attacked by um, the army that invaded us and unlike glenbrook where we had natural defenses to protect us and of course we lit our homes on fire they didn't have that and they were overwhelmed and the the lord of that house was pretty much killed uh, he was already on his way out like he's an old dude so it's like wow i mean would i mean would so you i sacrifice I, I the elderly de- for your victory uh like like at some point i don't know like that's the thing if i go down my my thing is would i even have saved him if i go down there like, if we if we teamed up together, who, I don't know. I, I think that's the fun part. But I do believe, I, I believe strongly enough that Talior was a big enough problem that he was willing to sell out um, Roland, the Crown Prince, to S-Frost. Like, I, he's, a, he's a threat. He's a problem. I gotta take care of this guy first. He escapes, but he has no money. He has no resources. He's lost his land. He's done, as far as I'm concerned. But... Mm, I love this. It's just, it's hitting all the right sort of like fantasy elements without being like an open world action game. Like there's the politics, there's the, there, there's the, it, I, I love the character stories where you get to learn more about them and oh, it's just also good. And again, if I want quick battles, the mock battles are there to give me that, to let me grind for stuff. It's just like, unlike other score shit that has come out this year and has seemingly been cursed, this game has not cursed me and it's just been a lot of fun. Um, and I think with that note, we're going to take a break. Go play triangle strategy, even if it's not for you. Play it on, play it on story mode and to enjoy the, the rich narrative. When we come back, we'll be talking about the weekend news. <laughs> Hello, everybody! It's time for the news portion of the Charizard Games Gamescast. They're going to kick it up with the uh, catching up with some old news first. Starting with. Arceus is finally coming to Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, but there's a catch. <laughs> Two powerful legendary Pokemon, Arceus and Darkrai will be. Oh, yeah, it kind of bears the lead. coming too. Uh, I'll make their point to Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl for the first time. Uh, each Pokemon has its own set of circumstances, players need to fulfill to unlock them. Arceus will be available those uh, uh, starting March 16th, which has have been a week ago. Here's the catch for Arceus To unlock Arceus, you'll need to have save data from a completely different game. Pokemon Legends Arceus and have the 1.30 version of, of Brilliant Dine and Shining Pearl downloaded. Players will be able to receive the Azure Flute item and meet Arceus the Spear Pillar if they be needed for it. Got Pokedex. Getting Dark Ride will work a little differently. The Pitch Black Pokemon will come as a part-time limited Mystery Gift event that will run from April 1st to April 30th. So that's not live yet. By the time this is out, go get your Dark Ride. That event will give you the member card item to go see it. Like, Arceus. you'll need to make sure you're at the right point in the game to meet it. To see Darkrai, you need to enter the Hall of Fame, gotten the National Dex. Just say you've beaten the game. Oh, I could be the game, game uh, event for Cresselia. I mean, I
2: beat the game, and All I don't three have the games, National Dex
0: yet. Yeah. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. All three games, Pokemon Brother Shining, are available on Nintendo Switch. So, I think this is cool because, um, if you remember, OG Diamond and Pearl did not have... At least in America, yeah, these are Toys R Us exclusive events. Well,
1: like they were super. The U.S. Cool.
0: never got the uh, the Arceus thing. That was Japan only. We never got yeah. that. Um, and and uh, if you look, I've seen it. Uh, if you've ever seen the original one, you literally climb up the pillar and you go find Arceus there, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And we never got that. And I remember telling you guys, or at least maybe on t- I said it on Twitter that. If they don't put that in this game, it, that's dumb. That's dumb as hell. And, okay, it took a few months, but it's here. And that's all that
2: matters. Um, this new uh, Brilliant Diamond update also brought in uh, Wonder Trading. So the that building finally does something, um, which Yay. is really good. But it doesn't say it here. Maybe it was just people overreacting. I thought I saw that uh, you have to have a completed so have complete-
0: save file. Right. That's what I remember seeing. I, th- I was expecting to read it, but I'm like, maybe... Uh... Yeah. That's because I'm like, if
1: that... Yeah, I read that you have to at least complete the main missions in Arceus before unlocking yeah. Arceus in this game. Because so that's I where I have an issue. Have changed it.
2: Yeah. Locking... Is locking, locking content, content in, in one game behind a completed file of another game. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's...
1: Yeah, that's like it. That's like if you could only play the hero uh, side story of Sonic Adventure 2, only if you beaten Sonic right. Adventure 1.
0: Or if, like, to play the Delta episodes, you had to have, I don't know, beat Pokemon Tournament on an arcade mode hard or something. Something stupid, yeah. insane like that.
2: Especially since, like, RCS mm-hmm. came out after this game. So, the feasibility that people have beaten both by now, I mean... Sure, it's Pokemon fans, they probably have,
0: but not everyone has. That's dumb to lock away content like that. Right. Like yeah. like that's that should just be here's an update, go catch Arceus. Even if you, you honestly to me you shouldn't even have to have um the save data stuff. That that's that's dumb. Yeah. I mean that basically says, Hey, we want to have your sixty dollars for this other game. Like Arceus costs sixty dollars. Yeah exactly and again just because you're a Pokemon fan doesn't mean you can't find it I mean I skipped out on Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl because I was getting RCS I guarantee you there are Pokemon fans who made that consent either one way or another I got this game so I don't get in this game I'm getting this so I think that sucks but it's out there and the event If it, it I will not deny the event is cool because mm-hmm. hey you're catching God and it has some really cool presentation but come on Game Freak Jesus fucking Christ um okay. I'll probably confirm it next week Alright, so uh Private Division PS five and Xbox Series X S transition less painful as publisher links for new deals. Uh and shout out to our just a disclaimer, our buddy Lowe works with the QA team at Private Division, just putting that out there for clarity's sake. Nice. Um the Private Division announced four new publishing partnerships today, uh, adding to a group of developers and include the studios behind Kerbal Space Program and Oli Ollie World. They include Yellow Brick Games, the quick base studio uh, founded by uh, part by Mike uh, Ledlaw, I'm going to pronounce that as best I can, who is best known for the work on the Dragon Age series. Private Division also signed agreements with Piccolo Studio. No, IGN, I do not want your deals. God, <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. Uh, the Barcelona-based out uh, behind Arise Evening oh Star, yeah. which is a fully uh, original 3D action platformer, and Die Gute Fabrique, which most recently produced Mutizio- Mut- Mutizione. Uh The new agree- uh, agreement mark private Division's steady evolution from any publisher into what hopes to be zoning into a- of a prestige label. According to Vice President of Marketing Tom Bass, or Bass, are you a fish? Prime Division is motivated to work with some of the greatest talent. In the industry, so Evening Star is in. Really quick before we move on. Okay. Oh,
2: I guess there's. Well, that's fine. Really quick before we move on to the other part of this article. Um, uh, I looked into Evening Star, um, because I was I'm always you know curious about these fully original 3D action platformers. Like but the, usually it's a you know it's a studio's like mascot platformer, and those are almost always like solid sevens. Except you, Bubsy. Um. And whatever this game is they're making looks dope. There's some concept art out there. Well, and you're you're what you're
0: you're bearing the lead on who the developer is. Evening Star. Yes. Yeah. Evening Star is the nomadic of this. I know. I didn't say who it is.
2: I, I was just saying that like it looks great, and then you know move on.
0: It's the team behind. Okay, the studios adoring among retro fans have been founded by several key pro- members of the Sonic Mania development team, including Australian programmer Christian Whitehead. The studio is using a more powerful version okay. of Whitehead's pixel art game engine, which Sonic Mania helped make famous. So that that right there, that's that's what I call bearing the lead right there. That's that's the hook. Yeah. You're telling me that the that the, that the Sonic Mania devs. Fuck you Sega for not greenlighting Sonic Mania 2! Come on, man. They're um, like fine, so we'll make go. it ourselves. Cowards. Exactly. And we're gonna make it we're gonna do three D Sonic better than you yeah.
2: did. But like uh, seriously, go it, it, go to their it's... website sometime and check out that art. It looks great.
0: No. I yo Lo shared some pieces oh, with did me he? before. Yeah, he was he, talking like, to me yeah, about he's, it too. He's uh, he's he hopes he gets it tested, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'll be following that game's development very closely. Mm-hmm. Um Meanwhile, Bay says that the Private Division is drawn back, drawn into Yellowbird Games because we really want another RPG. Calling it a gap that needs to be addressed, Yellowbird Games is currently working on an action RPG in a fantasy setting with an emphasis on emergent systems to help create rich, interactive world. That is all... Nothing. Uh, As for Piccolo Studio, it drew Private Division's attention because of the strong word of mouth afforded Arise, a simple story, and it was a journey of losing the love of one's life. Part of the reason we got drawn to Piccolo Studios is we started hearing about Arise when it started getting nominated for Game of the Year categories. Um, So there you go, yeah. Um, uh, Private Division is, and this more in this article, but the big takeaway is that Private Division is trying to become a more well-known publisher within, within the gaming sphere. And what a way to, what a way to put the to pull all this together. Yeah.
2: I mean, there's two studios in there, at least, that sound like they already have projects in the works that will probably be announced right. sooner rather than later. Uh, like, you know, you keep making these money moves and people are going to start seeing Private Division before a lot of games and realize who they are. Especially when you've got the caliber of, like, you know, The Outer Worlds and Ollie Ollie World... And they really like world games, apparently. Um, And I mean, yeah, they they had disintegration, but some people liked that game. Like, there's some solid stuff that they're putting out. And whatever the the Ori and the Blind Forest team is working on next, which sounds like it's incredible, but I can't get Low to break his NDA. (laughs) I'm kidding. I mean, he won't,
0: but I'm also like, I'm not. Anyway. Very good stuff. I'm excited. I, I mean, Outer Worlds 2. Well, now I have two games to look forward to coming from Private Division. Outer Worlds 2 and this. Outer Worlds 2 is in Private Division. From... Um, Microsoft bought Obsidian. Oh, right. Yeah. I keep thinking that. It should be. I know. Damn it. Oh, fucking stupid. It's a bummer. Can you sell it back? Can you just sell, <laughs> give it back to them, please? They don't y'all Y'all have Fallout. Y'all don't mean it. Get... Moving on. Uh, just so that way, Loki can tell me fun shit about the game, like he did with the right? first game. <laughs> um, be the same. All right, let's move on. Uh, Digimon Survive. Shout out to Mike in the chat, Mike in the TV. This Digimon Survive. Wow,
1: actually, hearing about this game. Yeah, now.
0: Digimon Survive. Apparently, this game has been delayed multiple and multiple and multiple of times, uh, and now like uh, on the um, last week's last week. Um, uh, they released a new trailer for it, uh, seemingly a story trailer, doesn't really show, it shows the protagonist and their, and I was gonna say Pokemon, um, their Digimon, um, I think the main character is Takuma Momazuka, and, uh, his partner will be Agumon, and there's some familiar Digimon that I recognize, there's two that I don't, including this owl eagle thing, and this dog. I think some of these are new. Which, yeah uh lotmon i recognize um i, I don't i recognize floramon for sure uh, i saw weevil or no that's a centipede uh kunomon i think i recognize that one um yeah that one's an og track that looks weird as i don't remember that one at all um Sayokuma, i remember that one um and like i said they show some gameplay like like this uh they show the map they show the cutscenes. They show some gameplay, not a lot, but considering the... F- yeah, from what I understand,
1: this is mostly a story game. Hmm. Um, and I think it has some RPG elements where if you screw up, uh, main characters will die
0: permanently. Wow. That's that's actually pretty... Emphasis on the word story. That's actually pretty cool because I just assumed it was going to be like Cyberstooth which I should go back to that at some point. Um <laughs> uh but uh but no, it actually looks kind of interesting based on the it's very a, small sliver of gameplay. A visual novel with some strategy
2: RPG. It's a very yeah, it like anime ass trailer though. Yeah. It it's is. It's almost as if it's an anime. I know. But if like the the yeah, style right. of the trailer is like every anime game where it just shows the you know, it focuses on the characters and their VAs. And not much
0: else. I like the music that the trailer plays. I really do.
1: Yeah, Digimon usually has good music accompanied with it. Oh, it's coming
0: to the Switch, too. Uh, No release date still, but this is definitely new, so keep that hope alive, Digimon fans. Keep that hope alive. It's something. It's better than the nothing
1: that we got in the last few years.
0: Okay, let's move on to the next thing, which is Here Comes a New Daredevil! Uh, Testament is making their return to Guilty Gear Strive. And I say there because, uh, uh, Guilty Gear, uh, I did not know this. I always assumed Testament was a dude, and I won't lie. I assumed when I saw this new art, I thought Testament was, Oh, they made, uh, him or her. Like, no. Testament has always apparently been designed as androgynous, and they officially gave, uh, the pronouns of they, them, to Testament, which I think is really sick. Because if you look at Testament... Nice. Uh, The Sailor sailor, uh, uh, Uranus meme comes up like, am I a boy or am I a girl? I don't know. People find me hot and that makes them gay, (laughs) Uh, which is great. Uh, So Testament is back. If you're not familiar with Testament, uh, they were notoriously... ...considered broken-ass characters in the early Guilty Gear games. Yeah,
1: they're also a sub-boss in the first two games, and they were legitimately hard to fight against. Yeah,
0: and now they're back in Strive. I, it's It looks great, as always. I can't really compare it to uh, other Guilty Gears, but all I know is that when they hear the name Testament... This
1: redesign is sick. Yeah,
0: it's, it's actually really cool. Um, uh, it has a big-ass side. But in also what is being buried in the lead here... Uh, one big thing is that coming in season two of their DLC updates, because uh, Testament was the final DLC character for this season. Uh, yeah. Next season, we'll have the, they're going to integrate PC, PS4, PS5 crossplay. So now, if you're on PS4, PS5, you can play with PC players now, which is great. Hell yeah. That should have been in at launch, and it's gonna be there. Fi- it's gonna be there. Listen, it's, if it's better if than it's, never. the netcode is still good. Then, more player, again, extend the fighting game's life by fucking put um, cross-play uh, between consoles. It's not on Xbox because they didn't make an Xbox version. Um, and so, yeah, and uh, it's, yeah, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a fan of Testaments. Um, I've never played them. I,
1: I'll i definitely try them. Uh,
0: but they, looking at this trailer, they look cool as hell. It's I think it's the top hat with the huge-ass Scythe um it's it's a really cool really really cool design
1: absolutely definitely going for slash vibes going with the whole musical motif with these characters yeah Eno
0: finally finally has a uh, a sparring partner uh now moving on from one fighting game franchise to another and something that t- shocked Tyler all the hell. But Netflix is making, or rather, I should say producing, because they ain't making shit, mm-hmm. um, a yeah. uh, Tekken Bloodline, a Tekken anime, um, and... Uh, An actual good Tekken anime, uh, te- coming off the
1: heels of the 98 OVA that I watched as a kid. Tekken,
0: uh, Nef- uh, it's called Tekken Bloodline, and it'll come out later this year, uh, and revealed in a series of one-and-a-half-minute official trailer. There's no exact date episode or the episode count. But some reveals will focus on Jin Kazama, who joined the series as a character in Tekken 3. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what I gather from
1: this trailer is basically all the stuff that happens before Tekken 3 when Jin Kazama is presumably, quote-unquote, killed by Ogre, who is shown in this trailer. And uh, it pretty much just shows him growing as a person and training with his grandpa Heihachi. Is Ogre lost. that big Khan yeah, looking thing? And we see Leroy Smith. In yes, him.
0: that is Ogre. Yeah,
1: it, Yes. I I joke in my Tiger Shoes video, which I made over a year ago, that he's pretty much as Sex Shrek. As Shrek. And yeah, the thing I find the most interesting in this trailer is they show snippets of other Tekken characters, some of which you do see in Tekken Three. They show Leroy Smith from Seven in this trailer, so I'm thinking, why is he here? Are they going to are they going to take liberties with the story? Probably in this uh, uh, little mini series. I would
0: I would assume they will. Coming this year
1: Yeah, it does look cool Um, In terms of, like, Tekken animated uh, feature s, This is probably the best-looking thing that we've gotten so far We've only had, like, a few Tekken movies in the past 20 years or so There's the Anime OVA, which I already mentioned, which is balls There's the two live-action movies, which are also (laughs) balls And then there's uh, Tekken Blood Vengeance, which is probably lesser balls (laughs) But, you know, that's a discussion for another time. Uh, so I'm excited for this. Yeah. I'll definitely share my thoughts on the GameCast when it eventually comes out. I like
0: that moment where uh, Jin, uh, June Kazama is fighting um, Ogre, and she looks like she's doing Tekken moves, like the way they animated it. Yeah,
1: they're definitely doing their moves in this trailer. Like, Heihachi does the punch-punch-punch uh, combo like all the Mishimas
0: it's, do. It's so. just the same that Heihachi's voice actor passed away, Otherwise, he probably would have voiced in this, and we could have gotten the <laughs> laugh. Um, which, they. You know, uh, that voice
1: actor who recently uh, uh, provided voice for Heihachi in Tag Tournament 2 and 7 is also the voice for Old Joseph in uh, uh, JoJo Part 3? Don't know who that is. So he probably would have snuck in an...
0: Oh my god! One. I don't understand the references. I'm not there. Thanks, Tyler. Um. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it looks good. Um, let's see how, it'll probably have, if anything, if if it's Netflix, it'll be six episodes, and it'll announce a uh, season two, which is six more episodes, it's really, it's the same first season, they just chopped it up into two and released it, like, four months later. Um, so, I think it looks cool. I, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Justin, which one do you have pull up right now? Ori. Um, Ori? Okay, we'll go with Ori, then. I don't want to make your life hard. Uh, not yet, anyways. Um, so this is some kind of... Uh, or, developer currently reporting working reportedly oppressive and they're no longer working with Xbox. Um, Moon Studios is a developer behind Ori in the Blind Forest and its sequel is reportedly an oppressive place to work that has a myriad of issues with crunch, verbal abuse, and poor organization. This is according to a news report by GamesBeat, which reports that Xbox is no longer working with the studio uh, which is said to be following a difficult relationship. The length of the report uh, ranges of allegations mostly centered sent to the studio's founder, Thomas Mahler, and Giniani Korol. Apologize for putting those names. They Coral. include reports of constant arguments, a crunch culture in which developers were expected to be available at all hours on weekends, and a steady stream of racist, sexist, and anti-Semitic banter. Oh, boy. It's an impressive workplace for sure, but it's hard to pinpoint one thing because in isolation, all these incidents, if they happen once, you would think they were small things. One developer's quote is saying, when you're dealing with that for multiple years, you're going to see decline of people's mental health. I can say that for myself. Personally, I was pretty me- probably messed up after we finished. I'd never been depressed until that moment. I lost my passion for my job because they drummed it out of me. Another developer's quote is saying, were the founders both belligerent? Yes, in my opinion. Was it limited to those two? yes professional professional and hourly basis, yes. Harassing, yes. Um, the full report paints a picture of a studio with a perfectionist culture that really provides feed- positive feedback and burned out developers. That's always a bad sign. The story also covers issues with bonuses and other problems. Developers reportedly compared the issues at Moon Studios with those of Bungie and Activision. Yikes! Uh, which have been captured headlines with their own problems. Moon was found success with Orient and Blind Forest in 2015. And or in the uh, or in the Will of the Wisps in 2020. Both games were gorgeous retrovanians and were some of the rare bright spots in the Xbox One's line of exclusives. But while Moon Studios was closely associated with Xbox, it reportedly had fraught relationship with the platform holder, filed with missed deadlines, conflicts over funding amounts, and constantly changing the scope. Moon Studios' next project is reportedly an action RPG that is developing a partnership with Vision, which we were just talking about earlier. Uh, and of course, this is a comment from um, Microsoft right here. We don't believe the experience suggested by your questions are representative of the more, more than eighty Moon Studio team members who are thriving, doing great work every day. Nor we believe that they are representative of the experience for members of our team. In fact, we are very proud of the history of making people happy, advancing their careers, and contributing to their financial success. We built Moon Studios with a simple uh, premise: first, we wanted to create a distributed studio. Oh, this is n- okay. Um, this is from never mind. I, I misquoted that. This is for uh, the, the 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 two uh, the two leads. Uh, we built them the studios as a simple premise First we wanted to create a distributed studio That is not limited by geographic boundaries And enables us to draw top talent from all over the world Second we wanted to foster a vibrant culture Where our, the- our team thrives And delivers the very best work in our industry And finally from day one We set out to share profits and rewards of our efforts With the full team We believe we have succeeded uh, And the, you know they basically go on to say more So yeah this kind of hit Like a ton of bricks
2: I'm I'm not... Okay, I don't want to uh, sound like I'm defending these two or anything. It sounds like they're not great and people are offended by their actions and that's never okay. Um, what I want to say is that I don't feel like the Moon Studios report is anywhere close to what's going on at Blizzard and Activision where... And Ubisoft, for that matter, where it's like, even if you cut off the head of the snake, it's still going to be a bad environment. This sounds like it's basically the two people that originally founded it are tough. Um, like, they're they're not great people, and maybe they should bow out. But, like they said, um, we don't believe the experiences suggested are representative of the more than 80 Moon Studios team members. So I guess on that scale, if it's like, you know, two out of 80 that are in charge are really bad. Like that might be similar to, you know, a whole board of, of bad apples running a department of like 500 employees or whatever. Um, But it sounds like everything in this report to me says, um, you know, the founders were belligerent, but it was only them. Like those are the only two responsible for all of this, so I don't think that it's a situation where like
0: the entire studio should be you know canceled, punished, whatever. Um, but that does not make it not a toxic work environment when your leads are causing you sh- are causing you stress like that.
2: Totally. But like you know, there's been a recent trend in like. Uh, Like, this studio is terrible. Let's boycott their games.
0: I don't think it's like that, is what I mean. I don't even hear people calling for that, honestly, because I think this just slipped by the radar for everybody. It
2: did. But the way they're comparing it to Activision is like, that's like one of the worst studios right now. I I don't know if it, it sounds like it shouldn't go that far. But maybe that's just me. I don't know.
0: Um, uh, It's probably in terms of like, because like that was crimp, like that was comical, like like villainy that what they were doing. Yeah, um, you know, with the, like the, the, you know we've talked about that before. But I do, as somebody who works with like people who are belligerent, that shit kills morale fast. Oh yeah, and that's sh- that that and so like I I believe that and for those employees who are who are quoted as such and probably others who haven't spoken out yet. That that probably is a detriment to their workplace and all these other things. Um, I'm curious to see if the environment's changed under private division, though. We'll I guess we'll have to wait to some, hope somebody breaks NDA or or something. But um, uh, it's definitely not healthy for something like this to come out. Like Again, granted, it doesn't seem like it's the whole uh, team, but as Saturn and I know, when your leads are like that, it tends to it tends to maybe, again maybe not have other your other people act like that, but your morale just tanks and it just everything just becomes yeah. way stressful and you're depressed and it's just not it's just what you're doing anymore. so hopefully things are changing. hopefully private division is doing something about that they you know um, but we'll have to see yeah uh, it's only a matter of time we're not there um, okay. Going back to some fighting game news. Speaking of King of Fighters, this dropped out
1: of fucking nowhere.
0: Uh, KOF veterans were met with PTSD. As uh, if you if you notice for King of Fighters, um, they said thirty nine characters and and but like but and then but if you look on the character's screen, one character was there missing. So everybody assumed it was going to be the boss character for this game, which I think is a entity called Reverse or something like that. No. Uh, there's Reverse and Otamoraya. Okay. Well, it was a lot of people assumed it was going to be one of them, and then S N K drops one of the most notorious bosses in fighting game history. He is back, Omega. Oh, R- um, you all complaining
1: that the final boss this
0: game wasn't bullshit? Well, here's the bullshit. Omega Rugal. Is Omega Rugal. is making if if you if you S N K to give perspective S N K. Arcade fighting games where final bosses are notorious for being the most bullshit, hard bosses ever. You thought Shao Kahn was bad? You thought Bison was bad? No. None of them compare to SNK bosses. And Omega Rugal was... Not the start because that goes to Geese... But definitely, for the King of Fighters series... He's one of the leading members of the bullshit (laughs) boss game. And and not only is he going to be... You're going to be able to play as him, which is cool, but they're doing an event where you can fight a basically, Omega Rugal. And basically, if you're an old-school KF player, have PTSD of Genocide Cutter hitting behind you over and over again. Um...
1: Yeah. It's even highlighted in the trailer uh, the character just getting hit by multiple genocide cutters over and it's... over. And the text on the trailer says, take on the CPU from hell. Yeah, it's... And that's ex- exactly what we're going to experience. It's, it's
0: insane. Like, it, it's a crazy... Like, a lot of people said they saw this coming because if you notice that the, uh, the deluxe edition of this game was called the Omega Edition Omega Rugal. Um, like... It's what a character. Any he, here's the here's the thing. He's also free. He is a free character at every. If you own a copy of, of King of Fighters, um, uh, fifteen, he will just be yours, and you can take on Omega Rugal. Uh, <laughs> and if you do beat him, not only
1: do you get the stage that's featured in the boss mode, you also get this sick alternate costume for him as yeah. well. Provided, if you beat Provide him. him. Tyler, we
0: should we should do that. Like try to beat Omega Absolutely. Rugal on stream. <laughs> I've never played classic KOF, but I'm aware of the legends of Rugal. Just to put it in perspective, yeah. then
1: uh, there are some arcade machines of KOF 2002 in South America that specifically have signs that say. If you play as Omega Rugal, you will get kicked. Wow, out.
0: <laughs> that's that's crazy. So there you go. Shout outs, shout outs to SNK for traumatizing their fans once again. Genocide Cutter. Okay, uh, we got a couple of bits of news, and then we're gonna wrap it up for tonight. Uh, oh no, we're gonna have our Kingdom Hearts uh, stuff on which going going into it. So yeah. let's move on. Pretty. Let's move on next these next couple ones pretty quickly. Uh, Ghost vs. Spirits uh Unleashed, a four V one asymmetrical multiplayer game announced. Um this is made by the same people, the same des behind Friday thirteenth and Predator Hunting Grounds Elphonic. Uh Ooh, and cool. that it's supposed to be released on PC, pretty much everything except for Switch in quarter four of this year, which so that could mean March of twenty twenty three. I think I think that's how that works. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. Maybe. Yeah, it's so weird to me. Uh and so I if uh, so I, I won't read the the text as we really moving along. Friday 13th obviously fun. I need to play. I am told people like predator hunting grounds like it got better. I would I would totally love if this game is actually good to play this new game all together. Yeah, it looks really fun. And I like
2: that they have at least a few yeah, um do. returning characters. Uh like you're playing an original ghostbuster. I think there's maybe even a character creator, I'm not sure. Um but there's like locations you can go to in the hub world that have like the classic characters in them um and then you basically have you know your 4v1 so it's four uh four ghostbusters versus some ghost so like the other player is basically playing as a ghost um kind of in the you know dead by daylight way where like each ghost has its own like, special abilities and stuff and probably own ways it has to be taken down Um, so they choose from a selection of different iconic ghosts and go in with those abilities trying to, like, evade and theoretically kill the Ghostbusters. I'm not sure what the one player's goal is.
0: Suck them to death. Just to slime them.
2: But yeah, that seems really cool. I like it.
1: Yeah, I'd be down with that for sure.
2: But there's not a lot of information yet. Huh. It's mostly like there was a, a little bit of game tra- gameplay trailer, and then some images, but not a lot of actual information on the uh, on the gameplay itself. Um, apparently, uh, Greg Miller is a voice in the game, so that's neat.
0: Oh, he's that's, a big Ghostbusters um, fan. Wanna... Uh, maybe I won't play it after all. Oh, good grief. <laughs> You're a weird beast. Uh, Moving on. Moving on to uh, Rockstar and the ever-evolving Grand Theft Auto series. Um, the ever-evolving Grand
1: Theft Auto <laughs> 5 series. Yeah.
0: Welcome to GTA+. Rockstar mm. has announced GTA+, a new subscription. Because that's what we need more of. Uh, for Grand Theft Auto Online, it will be available on PS5 and Xbox Series X versions of the game it's coming to the end of... It's coming tomorrow! Um, it'll cost 5 a month, provide subscribers with a recurring monthly bank uh, deposit of $500,000, ensuring players will have plenty of cash to spend in their online open world. There'll also be a wide range of member-only bonuses, including exclusive property, vehicles, such as such, such as blah, 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 blah. Rockstar also mentions that there will be ability to unlock gameplay updates that you may have missed out on, so This is previously time-limited content may be accessible with GTA+. Alright, so we already talked about that. The $500,000. Uh, you're going to get the Principal divest divesty 8, a supercar that comes with hail, how special, works, upgrade. Don't know what this is. Uh, eventually be made available to purchase by the General public. The auto shop property located in La Mesa. This uses an assortment of gameplay. Updates from Los Santos tuners. Waived LS car meets membership fees. Current LS car me There's a membership fee in this fucking game? What the fuck? Yacht owners can upgrade to the Aquarius super yacht. No additional cost. I mean, you are playing. Yeah, it's the literally there an additional is the cost. cost every
2: month.
0: The Gooset Frog Tree and Broker Pluralabs Basketball Top Tour. They're close. We had your wardrobe. Ooh, ooh, yes, yes, yes. Lovely. The conveyor livery uh, for the Mammoth Avenger HVY APC and TMO2 Congenali, A selection of free paints and emblems from the auto shop. Three times GTA money and RP on house special workshop races. And two time car meet rep on street races. What the fuck, man? <laughs> so I, I saw this posted on Reddit first,
2: and I was like, this is a joke, right? And I looked down at the comments, and someone said, it's like they decided they wanted to charge a subscription fee, but then didn't know what to put in it.
0: <laughs> right.
1: They lost the money with the GTA remasters, got it
0: right. back somehow. I mean, <laughs> you're not
1: wrong.
0: Uh, like, it, really, it reminds me of the uh, the Fallout. Uh, mm-hmm. 76, um, the premium thing, that was like $100 a year, I think. I mean, like, listen, if you only pay GTA Five, and you don't watch anything else, sure, it's a drop in the bucket. I think it's bullshit to introduce a fucking subscription thing into a fucking live service game like this. I think that's dumb. Yeah. Um, like, I already paid the damn game. This is not an MMO. If it wasn't an MMO, that would be different. Granted,
2: the GTA Online service is a, a free thing, technically. Um... But it's monetized to crap, like yeah. Trying is, to get any money without actually like, spending money is
1: seventy insane. eighty dollars uh, for this upgraded version of the game plus this membership every yeah. month, Ugh.
0: and it's, it's the price it's like, of like Hulu. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather get Hulu and watch their shitty originals. Right for what?
2: The, hey, there's some good ones for what they're offering. Like are you're paying real money are... for moderately more in-game money. That's basically what it is. Yeah,
0: it's, just, it's, 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 ridic- it's ridiculous. Alright. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, and finally, the last bit of news a game that none of us are playing, which is Elden Ring. Uh, if you're on PC, you may want to play offline. Um, Elden Ring players are currently being urged to play uh, uh, by other social media to play offline for the time being, as some invaders. Are employing a game-breaking hack that can lock players in an endless loop of death, as reported by. I feel like we went over this story before. This happens um, to every game. Th- there was a security issue with other FromSoft titles mm-hmm. going on before the launch of Elden Ring, but this is new for Elden Ring specifically. Like this isn't. Mm-hmm. I-, I think there may be another story going around where, like, like some people are like actually hacking into people's computer with the with the with the with the breach, but this is like. Pretty much, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Griefing, um, play people who play online. Yeah, pretty griefing. much. Um, as for a you know, gamer, insidious players are making use of Elden Ring's PvP invasion feature to reduce a hack that corrupts save data, forces a crash upon logging in, players will find themselves endlessly falling in a void, triggering an inescapable cycle of death. Uh, sounds like a cruel microcosm of Elden Ring's often punishing difficulty. I'll bet with this hack, there's no hope of ever overcoming the obstacle in your way. Not even quitting and reloading the game will free you from the cycle, and as a result, players are taking social media to warn Elden Ring PC players about the hack, which you can see demonstrated below. Uh, I don't know if Justin want to play the clip. I am. Um, neither From Software or publisher Man and Amco have commented on the hack as of yet, so if you're playing Elden Ring on PC, uh, consider a 70 hour uh, save being corrupted. Just play offline for now until the hack is addressed in the patch, what which will hopefully come sooner than later. Uh, and of course, had a rough time on PC. It didn't have the best performance. Better than Final Fantasy: Strangers in Paradise. Um, oh, it's stuttering. Missing features like ultra wide support. Uh, oh wow, Final Fantasy: uh, Strangers in Paradise can't even can barely do regular monitor support. Anyways, while performance so has cold. been considerably, why am I mocking the game that I bought? I don't know. Um, and like I said, more you stable. Uh, uh, while performance, it's funny enough. Funny is that the game is apparently more stable on Steam Deck. Playing Elden Ring on Valve's portable machine won't be enough to save you from these hacking invaders. While well, patches for Elden Ring have been released at a steady clip on PC from Software, we'll likely want to act fast to nip the invasion hack in the bud. Of course, backing up your Elden Ring save is a viable option, but certainly not something players should have to worry about in the first place. This is all kinds of fucked up, man. That yeah. like, I I, I yeah. don't I never. I'll, it's like it's like the trolling. We just like the trolling here. I've never understood, and I've got to never will, like, the idea of purposely going online to fuck with somebody's day in a video game. Like, come on. It, it's like, it's
2: the people that want to punish you for liking something. That's all yeah. it is. But it's, it's the ones with enough power to actually do the punishing instead of just, like, complaining about it on, online. Like, in your Twitter replies or whatever.
0: Or, or the neck beards in tw- in Reddit.
2: Yeah, it's the worst kind of person, and if you like this, I don't. Maybe maybe get a hug. I don't know. Touch grass. Is that what people say?
0: Yeah, this is. Yeah, the, yeah. Touch grass. Say. I, I, I tried not, to and not and make and, it too and, mean. And and to make it to stick it to the Elden Ring, even if you do this other the players, your bitch ass is something to be maidenless. So stop it. <laughs> um, nice. There you go. I connected it all together, uh, which makes me glad I didn't buy Elden Ring for PC because I think the game forces you to play like online, and you have to go through external matters to make you play it offline. Like you have to go through Steam versus like other Dark Souls games. Like you have to activate it. I think Elden Ring has like certain like it's like a perpetually online I thing. Think you... so. I mean, there's always an I online
2: element where like you see the messages and stuff come in, but you have yeah. to actually activate the like player invasion
0: mode that's, that's not bad. what i read but maybe i'm wrong um uh i won't say i am wrong because that'll give you the satisfaction i'm not giving you that i mean i already know but you're that's wrong, gonna so that's do fine.
2: it's unspoken Note, satisfaction
0: uh, you dodged the bullets that's so what the sure he came in third place anyways moving on let's move on to our final topic which these two want to talk about kingdom hearts I will not be the negative Nancy this time. I'm going to shut my mouth because I have nothing nice to say about Kingdom Hearts. So I will let you two have the gamut and just jargon on why Kingdom Hearts is amazing in its 20th anniversary showing. Take the floor. Um...
2: So I have kind of a strange relationship with Kingdom Hearts. Uh... It's one of those like I got a PS two in order to play Kingdom Hearts. Um I played it at a friend's house and was like, This is really cool Like I love Disney at the time. Um so I basically bought a, a PS two used with a used copy of the game, um and like booted it up and I didn't I didn't realize you needed a memory card for PS two. Um so I had to like just kinda leave the, the game there and run back to uh Slackers and get a memory card. Um, but yeah, like I, I vividly remember my first time playing kingdom hearts one. And back then I spent a lot of my gaming time, um, on GBA because I was like, you know, on a like school trip or at my dad's house for the weekend or something like that. Um, and it was convenient to take with me. So I spent a ridiculous amount of time with, uh, kingdom hearts chain of memories which is not a terribly good game, but it's the yeah. one I played the most because it was on GBA um, Kingdom Hearts 2 I pretty much got at launch I think it was like Christmas after it came out or whatever um, and I loved that one I actually I never beat the first one um, but the second one I played all the way through, like devoured it, beat it uh, I thought it was like infinitely better than the first one. And then they kinda just started they kept putting out spin-offs. Like I didn't have a PSP, so I didn't yeah, play Birth by Sleep when it came out. That's another system I got like way later. Um pretty much just for Kingdom Hearts. And then didn't really like that one. <laughs> um I never got the DS games, like, physically. Uh, i ended up getting like an r4 cart like for you know rom like playing roms on an actual ds uh like when i was in college and i th- i remember starting up uh kingdom hearts blah 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 days um 3 5 yeah, eight, that days one. over two and
1: Aka Roxas gets diabetes over right. the course of a year, and
2: it's so slow. I don't think I even got to a Disney World in that game because you play for hours yeah. just like doing random little missions in Traverse Town or Twilight Town, whatever. Um, yeah, and it was so boring. But then, so I never, I never even looked into Recoded at first because I was like, oh, it's just it's the it's the another DS game. Like I don't care. Um, I went back to that one eventually and loved it. Like especially for a DS game, it is very ambitious. Um it basically retells the story of Kingdom Hearts 1, but like you're trying to put the mem- like the memories from your uh journal, like Gemini's journal. You have to yeah. debug a you're journal. You're trying to put them back in order because someone like erased the journal or whatever and your memories with it. Um, so you have to go back through those worlds and like clear out the glitches, and it's just really cool because you're exploring the same worlds. They're you know fairly they're mostly smaller. Um, obviously, it's a DS game, so you're not getting as good of cutscenes and like you know no voice acting. Well, limited voice acting. There's voice acted cutscenes, um, but like most of the dialogue is is not. Uh, but the way it remixed that game was really cool. Like, you will sometimes go into these glitch zones where it's just kind of like uh, puzzle platforming challenges to reach, like, an end goal or whatever and, like, you know, kind of kill the glitch zone. And then there's other sections where it's just, like, a side-scroller, like, yeah, just a side-scroller level. Same same concept, you know, you're running, jumping, uh, attacking things, but it's a side-scroller. And, like, there's a few boss sections, I think, that play out like that. Um, and I don't know. It's really unique. And, like, honestly, I found myself liking it more than the original Kingdom Hearts. Even though it essentially tells the same story. Um, it has a really cool upgrade system where you, like, slot chips into different points on a grid. Um, to learn different abilities and, like, buff different stats. It's like it's probably one of my favorite Kingdom Hearts games. And it's a random little spin-off on the DS. Technically it started as a phone game. Um
1: on oh, like a Nokia yeah, brick or
2: something. Uh and then we got Dream Drop Distance, which I also loved. Um it felt like a real uh Kingdom Hearts game because the 3DS could handle that, you know, kind of PS2 style. Actually, I mean it looked better than PS2, but um like
1: it has this, about the same graphical fidelity, because they use the same models for... Yeah, but then you
2: have, like, the Tron Evolution sure. world, and, like, those characters actually look really good. They look better than, like, the, you know, Pirates yeah. characters did in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, so I think it was just, they were lazy and used reused some of the models, but, like, new things they made looked better than PS2. It was, like, PS2.5. Um, but obviously, you know, low-resolution. Uh that is a game that is excellent emulated because you can jack it up to like 1080p and it looks incredible. Um and then of course they just remastered it for the, you know, the 2.8 collection and it looks great on there too. Um I need yeah. to go back to that actually. I had started I think I had it on did I just play it on Game Pass? I don't remember. I I had it on Xbox and I booted it back up. Um and it didn't get very far, but uh yeah. That one's really cool because it also does some things a little differently. Um, Some of the 3DS gimmicks don't really work. Like, I wasn't a big fan of the monster capture type stuff. But it's almost all new worlds, um, or at least, you know, variations of worlds. Like like I said, Tron Evolution is technically a follow-up to the Tron world in Kingdom Hearts 2, but...
1: Yeah, the whole gimmick of that game is you're trying to reawaken sleeping worlds, a.k.a. worlds that they couldn't use for any of the previous games. Like, there was Hunchback of Notre Dame, there was uh, the Pinocchio world Mm -hmm. that we didn't really get Yeah,
2: anything that has kind of been touched on before is drastically different. Like, Tron Evolution is barely connected to the original Tron, so that's enough difference.
1: Just gonna say it, the Fantasia world is Yeah, that was really cool.
2: And, like, they had Pinocchio kind of in the game before, but, like, never really a full Pinocchio world. So, like, that still kind of counted as new.
1: It was just the inside of Monster's right. Asshole. Because I
2: think when they were marketing the game, they said, like, it's, it's a whole new set of worlds that have never been featured before. With an asterisk on Tron. <laughs> um, but, yeah, all the worlds are really cool. They're, they're um, well-designed. And I really like that you go in with two characters that each see different parts of the levels um because like it doesn't feel so much like replay value like my big problem with um Birth by Sleep is it kind of feels like you're just revisiting the same areas over and over again you don't see a lot of new places with each character um i mean there's even like the same boss fights over and over again
1: not There's a few. Really, um, I think the boss fights in Birth Burst fight, Burst by Sleep are diverse enough that each playthrough for all three different characters feels different from the last. Like, the only shared boss fight is the one that they all fight together in the middle of the game. But I was
2: thinking there was another is. one. I mean, not, not for all three of them, but, like, a few of them had crossover with each other. Yeah. But I don't remember. Um, like I said, I, I didn't really care for that one. I played it a little bit on PSP when I got one late. And then tried it again with the two point five collection and just I didn't I didn't like it. I don't know. The worlds felt very empty and especially like blown up on the big screen it just did not like translate well. Whereas I felt like Dream Drop Distance, like despite being a three DS game, actually scaled up really nicely. Like the world still felt, you know, populated and interesting to explore. Yeah,
1: and being able to play it in sixty frames is mm-hmm. pretty god. It really
2: is. Um Yeah, honestly, that one and Recoded, like weirdly, are my favorites. Despite being like Nintendo spin-offs of a, you know, traditionally Sony series. Um And then we got Kingdom Hearts (sighs) three. I have very mixed feelings on that game. Um it is I mean It could have been the Metroid Dread, you know, like it's been what, 17 years since Kingdom Hearts 2? Something like that?
1: <coughs> yeah, it came out in 2005, I believe. So, about 14 okay. years.
2: So yeah, long enough that, like, it's insane that it took them that long to actually make a third game, even though it's like the ninth game in the series or something like that. Um, but, uh, it just, it felt off. Like, it didn't, it felt like it was created by a completely different team that were making like a Kingdom Hearts fan game in, rather than an actual sequel to what came before it.
1: It's almost as if Nomura had his attention divided between a whole bunch of different yeah. products of one. It's almost
2: like it was a byproduct of, of the terrible Square Enix management these days. But yeah, there are some elements of it that work. Like, I think the battle system is the best it's ever been, there's a little bit too much going on. But, like, you don't have to take advantage of everything. There's just enough different things you can do if you want to. Um, even though some of it's just, like, just screen-filling nonsense. Um, but the worlds all feel very empty and bland. Yeah. They're too big. Like, I That's thought it kind of worked for Toy Story because you're, like, shrunk down to size. Yeah. yeah, and it honestly, cool. like, it's one of the more interesting, like, populated worlds, despite, you know, literally being big. But then you have, like, Monsters, Inc., which is just a bunch of hallways. Um, kind of the opposite of being too big. Oh no, Final right. Fantasy
1: XIII. It is the
2: Final Fantasy XIII of Kingdom Hearts worlds. Um, And then Tangled was okay, but again, it's just... A series of like ravines that you explore through.
1: It's pretty much just Simon's quest because there is a point where you have to go all the way back from this big ass map just to get to Ugh, uh, the true. final boss of that area.
2: And then the frozen world is what broke me. It is so long.
1: I thought that one was really. Charming, uh, I couldn't do honestly. it honestly.
2: the The ice palace was okay, um, but like the world is so long, and. So little of it actually plays into the movie. It's like they... they, I mean, this is one of the worlds that, like... The movie wasn't out when they first announced the game. (laughs) So, clearly, it was added on later. It feels more tacked
1: on than the others. But,
2: like, the actual cinematic elements of it... It's like it has nothing to do with the movie. It is so shoehorned in there. Just because they wanted to capitalize on Frozen. And then still missed it by, like, five years. And I don't know, it's, it's very empty and dull. And especially when you get out of the ice palace and then there's still like two more hours of, of level of just like wandering through the snow. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like that world alone took me like a month of just like, you know, pick up and play um, to get through. And by the time I beat it, I went to the Pirates of the Caribbean world, and I was like, this one's even worse, and just quit. <laughs> I don't know. If one of these days, maybe I'll go back to it. Especially, like, on, on PS5, it'll probably run a little bit better and that kind of thing. Like, there's some stupid long load times on launch oh PS4. Oh my god.
1: I haven't even tried it on PS5 yet. Right? That actually sounds awesome.
2: Because I was playing going on launch PS4. I went from that, and then, like I said, it took me about a month to get through Frozen, and... Uh, Final Fantasy 7 came out. So I dropped the game to play that, beat it, and then tried to go back to Kingdom Hearts. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it again. Beat Frozen, and then just checked out in Pirates. Um, and I've heard that Big Hero 6 is, eh. So, like...
1: It's a little bigger than the other maps that are in the game so far.
2: Yeah. There's just, something doesn't hit right about that game. But, like, it just feels like It under- really does, especially Hearts. after that long. It's like it, it read it probably restarted development multiple times and never they never really figured out what they wanted to do with it. So it's just a random mishmash of ideas. Um but like the legacy of Kingdom Hearts is especially still so to close the last to my third,
1: where it feels heart. like everything is completely tacked on. Yeah, especially when you get to the last third of the game where everything just feels completely rushed, like out of the window. So much so that they had to make an entire DLC just to retry mm. the ending
2: yeah that doesn't sound great but yeah like the legacy of kingdom hearts is so close to my heart still and like i felt like it was it was worth a topic even if it's not a super long one um because i mean it's been 20 years like th- this is still like this was a game changer for a lot of people the idea of like a crossover between like final fantasy characters and disney characters. And original characters that it has its own insane lore behind it. That, like, literally there are videos that are, like, hours long trying to explain the, the lore of those, like, nine games or whatever. Emphasis on try And fail. Because it's just nonsense. Like, it's crazy. But you have to respect it. Yeah. yeah, do you have anything to add?
1: Yeah, an idea like this would never fly today. No. I don't know, deal? I mean,
2: there's... Like, everything is a connected universe these days. They That's were true. just 20 years ahead of it. Yep. But do you have anything else to add? Uh,
1: not particularly. Um, Almost everything you said kind of just uh, resonates with me as well. There are some games that I missed out on, like... Uh, I played the first three games, um, Kingdom Hearts 1, Chain of Memories, and 2, mostly to completion. I didn't really beat the GBA version mm. of Chain of Memories, but I did the PS2 version, which is mind-bendingly easy to break, uh, especially if you uh, know how the slight mechanics work. I still hate it, though. Um, I'm, yeah, it's still not great. Definitely better than 358 yeah. Days Over 2 because I did stumble on that game uh, new at, like, a used game shop uh, in a blue. Like, yeah, I like Kingdom Hearts. I'll give this a shot. Eight hours in, I got so bored that I just put it down and returned mm-hmm. to the game shop. And um, it was it was such a bad experience that I ended up uh, skipping out on uh, Recoded, which apparently from what you say... Is oh, recoded, you still haven't played it? I only ended up just... I haven't played it. I only watched the cutscenes that were included in the Oh, I would 2. honestly
2: 5. recommend giving it a try. Uh, I'll give I've it got a ROM of it. These days. Uh,
1: nice. Uh, I played through uh, 3D when that came out. When I, It was the first game I <laughs> got on my 3DS. Uh... And I had a good time with it. Uh, the whole dropping mechanic uh, aside, I really don't like how it just forces you uh, to play to switch between these two characters. Like, you're in the middle of an intense boss fight as Sora, but oops, your drop meter ran out. You're playing as Riku now, motherfucker. Yeah, I hated that shit. So yeah, uh, that was fun. A bit tough. Um, and then it immediately led to... Um, the excruciating weight for mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 3. But that was tied it over with the 2.8 that I got on day one as well. I played through 3D on that again. Uh, even played through the... Uh, fragmentary the Passage. Prologue, I think it's called. A Fragmentary Passage, yeah. And um, I had a good time with that. And um, once we got to 3, uh, fortunately I was off work that, that day. And... Um, I beat the entire game uh, in the span of two days. Oh, jeez. And, yeah, my thoughts are more or less the same as yours. Uh, It definitely feels completely undercooked, uh, especially when it comes to, like,
2: the story. But also kind of overcooked mechanically. But
1: the combat feels great. Oh, yeah, definitely. You feel completely overpowered by about Mm -hmm. two hours in once you start unlocking keyblades and uh, abilities and shit. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Overall, uh, this series does... It is kind of cringy at points, especially when you try to make sense of the nonsensical story and all of the lore around it. But gameplay-wise, it's pretty solid for the most part. It does try some experimentation in a few entries. Uh, Sometimes it fails, sometimes it does hit its mark. I think this is a really fun series if you give it a chance.
2: Um, Unlike Ben.
1: Like, even if you're a Disney fan, which is um, how I mm-hmm. approached it. Like, I knew next to nothing about Final Fantasy when I went into this series. But playing through Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 made me want to go to those games. And I'm so glad... Well the I reminder did...
2: that Kingdom Hearts 1 is and... the game that made t canon. So, you know. yeah. It's not all good.
1: Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I still prefer Titus because, you know, right. Tyler, duh, I am a simple man. Also it's just better. Uh it made me appreciate Final Fantasy and Square as a whole, so I gotta mm-hmm. give credit where credit is due. Uh, some games are stinkers, others are masterpieces in my opinion. That's but all of them are canon, even
2: that weird new mobile game.
1: Oh yeah. I haven't even tried that I literally,
2: one. Like, I booted it up and I was like, I hate this art style. And I'd installed it.
1: Yeah. Not for me. No
2: thanks. So, Ben, are you, do, you, do you really have nothing to add?
0: Uh, I mean, like, I don't want to be negative. Uh, my, my hatred towards Kingdom Hearts is well known. And I'd rather this be a celebration. I really don't have anything nice to say because the first game pissed me off so much. It turned me off on trying the rest of the series. It's not my thing. Fair enough. It's, it's just I do think that the second game, like, like
2: mechanically, is a lot better, but it's also kind of got a, a bad case of press triangle to win, so it might not fix anything for you.
0: I would not even the comment that was problem was the stupid platforming and the worlds, and I'm gonna stop right there. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, Kingdom Hearts. It's it, regardless of my my interest in it or not, it's definitely left an impact on people. And it's definitely one of the more influential RPGs of the mo- of the modern era of the 2000s. So that mm-hmm. cannot be denied. Mm-hmm. I will. N- I will. I may say a game that sucks. I may or I may not like a game, but I won't deny its uh, credibility yeah. uh, or its uh, its reach. That's something that cannot be denied. Uh, and um, and turn out when Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two is a Kingdom Hearts tie-in. Um, <laughs> You say that,
1: but they're probably going to shoehorn knock this into the next oh, game. They're shooting somebody.
2: Uh, let's get out of here, shall we? Uh, Justin. Uh, you can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, like I said, I put out a video on Dungeons of Dreadrock if you are curious about that game I talked about earlier. And um, hopefully, we'll be starting Metroid Prime on stream this Thursday. Um, Assuming my friend is is feeling up to it I don't really want to play it without him Because he's excited for it So Uh, We'll see Tyler You can follow
1: me on Twitter Hey it's that's high Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel Home of Tyre Shoes Reviews Where I review old ass fighting games for your pleasure I also stream on Twitch At twitch.tv slash Tyre Shoes 1 Where I do ranked or friend matches In Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel or whatever the hell I feel like playing. Um, On the cinema shot side of things, uh, look out for the next episode uh, for Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods. It is a doozy, that one.
0: And you can follow me at twitter.com slash Marvelous Iggy Marvelous Iggy. I don't know why I, a, I, slur, I I had a stroke right there for just a second. Oh, um, and of course, I stream live like a madman four times a week at Twitch.tv. Says Iggy two eight one four. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday. No, that's Friday. I'm used to. So I mean, you still streaming on Thursdays so with Justin. It's infected my DNA. <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, all at six p.m. Central Standard Time. Happy Look, days. check my schedule. What I'm playing this week. Uh, or any given week, I usually do my best. Um, and of course, shout outs to these dudes for being in the Mega the Next 4 Rays and my shitty presentation, uh, for the, for the race itself. Um, but it's a newfound ability that I have. I thought it was fun. Uh, and of course, go to church.com for the, this series, this, our, this show, as well as our other shows in the past that we've done. And of course, the wrestling watch-along that, um, Thomas and I do, we just uploaded, uh, the, the, uh, Scott Hall tribute show as as the Razor Ramon the Bag. I passed away. Uh, and I last recorded it and um, me and him d- watched the infamous Raw where 123Kid uh, uh, got a surprise victory him uh, on Monday Night Raw, uh, making him a star that, that one night. Uh, and of course check out our Twitter feed uh, where you can vote to see what me and him will watch next. Uh, that's going to do it for us ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for listening and no matter what, stay charged. Have a good night everybody.